0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined by
1: Obi. How are you doing? I'm good, big dog. How are you? <laughs> I'm good.
0: Still don't have another. one. I was gonna say,
1: you gonna give you got him, uh, a little. I might, cup cup. To, I might need to brainstorm.
0: I might <laughs> need to like, you know, think of some ideas and test them out. Uh, we might be joined by Chris later, but um, we're not sure he's currently watching Shang Chi, uh, so we're gonna hold off talking about that until but potentially he's out and able to join us. Um, Otherwise, we'll just talk about it without him. Um, But it wouldn't be a Your Every Critic's podcast without discussing Marvel. And we're not going to hold off for the end of the pod to do so. A little bit of film news. So Disney has announced four Marvel movies for 2024. Mm -hmm. um, Although they are only release dates at the moment. So, no word on what they will be, but it's basically like a um, February, I think it's February, July, September and November. Um, Uh,
1: February, May, July, November. That's it.
0: So, do you have any sort of idea as to what films might be put into those
1: slots? Well, I'm thinking, uh, so we're talking about the 2024 slots, yeah? Yeah because mm. so I was going to say Blade but I reckon that'll be 2023 um, has that even started filming yet I don't know I think, they, I think they literally just got a director I think so maybe so. maybe, maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be Blade actually because it'll be what two in a bit or basically three years from now isn't it yeah it might be Blade maybe there's got to be an Avengers film in here somewhere you've got to think Avengers Final really? World. yeah I would think so like can't, can't so that's 2024 that means we would have got five years without an end, Avengers film
0: yeah, but I, I don't
1: know. Think of, between now and then, so you've got... you've got So let's say if they did Avengers... I mean, if they did it, it'd probably be in July or something like that. So let's say it's July 24th. Between then, they would have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 13 films before that. you have to think, that's got to be a phase, surely, those 13 films. No? Yeah. And then wrap, wrap it up with, a, with an Avengers film kind of thing. I don't
0: know. It'd be interesting to see, because... Um. Well, we'll talk about Shang-Chi when we get to Shang-Chi but I think that you know they're um, they're introducing a lot of new heroes and I don't know whether there'll be too many to do one big team up or no. whether they'll have like little teams mm. you know like they're, they're sort of potentially introducing us to Young Avengers mm. um, I know that one of the TV series is going to be Secret Wars so I don't really know what the team up will look like um, it's possible but I think with phase one it was very much you knew from the beginning they were doing a team up
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and phase you know the infinity saga phase one to four was very much like at the end of every phase we'll have an Avengers but I yeah. don't know whether, whether they'll use the same model um, mm-hmm. I would like to see it but you know you've got things like they can introduce X-Men, Fantastic Four is one of the films that hasn't got a release date yet
1: yeah, Fantastic um, Four's probably going to be one of these, isn't it? Must be, I reckon.
0: Yeah, so the, uh, you never know what sort of... It could be... They could have like different groups that team up. I don't know. I um, don't know. I'm sure there's lots of different team names for these in the comics, and Chris yeah. you probably know a lot more than I do, but um, yeah, it could be an Avengers. I think one of them might be Captain America 4.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I reckon so as well. Yeah, whatever that might be.
0: Would be called cool, even. I wonder if they, um, they've they got like another Disney Expo or something coming up that they'll release this because.
1: You know, I'm sure. Um, what's that thing they do every year? They call it called, like, D23 or something like that. Have they done that yet?
0: I don't think so. Because, I mean, we've got films announced up to early 2023, which yeah. I think the last one we've got is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm. Um, but then obviously, like you said, Blade and Fantastic Four haven't got release dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think that, I think there are two other slots in 2023 that are reserved for films but don't have a um, release date. Yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, if they've got potentially four other films, one of which, Captain America, maybe an Avengers, you've still got at least two that we're sort of unsure on. So, I feel like because we're almost at 2022, um, mm you know they've got two films to release this year four next year and then mm. then they've only announced two for 2023 so they've probably got to you know keep keep us keep feeding us these you know uh these film titles because i mean they've announced avatar 5 for 2028 so mm. <laughs> they can could, they can could i think so yeah i saw something I on like on twitter yesterday um still
1: waiting for the bloody second one
0: I know <laughs> I don't know where they've got four films to release in six years and considering it's taken 12 since the last one um,
1: yeah. that fr- that franchise is going to be such a, that sequel is going to be such a letdown not that the first one was all that great but I just feel like they've waited so long now to to release a sequel so by the time it comes out it would have been what 14 13 years 14 years like, yeah I think nothing nothing will be worth that wait <laughs> I don't I don't think and they'll be surprised uh, if he is. Yeah,
0: I, I don't. I don't think they. I don't think this can do particularly well. I might be. I might have to eat my words, but can't imagine all four of those films making like two billion.
1: No, absolutely not. Unless they do something. Sorry. Unless they do something absolutely revolutionary with like vi- like visually, then no. And even then, i, like, I can not see it happening because I think a lot of people are like when, in the similar boat as us. As in, like it's decent film visually. It was. Really good, especially for the time it came out. But in terms of story it's very, very basic.
0: Mm.
1: And and technology has come on so much
0: since then. Mm. Yeah, like you said, they're gonna have to do something pretty epic to uh, kind of trump that. Mm. Um, Is there any? Is there any film news you've got that you wanted to mention?
1: Um, Yeah, I was running a few things here because you know, might as well. Um, So season three of the boys has wrapped filming. Are you looking forward to season three of the boys?
0: yeah i think so um i think they've got um is it jensen apples as soldier boy and mm. apparently there's going to be the hero gasm kind of orgy mm. <laughs> which uh would be interesting to see i guess how they depict that but um yeah i mean i enjoy the series i don't quite know how much more legs it will have mm. but um yeah i'm gonna have to re-subscribed to Amazon Prime I think for when oh do you concept.
1: have you unsubscribed
0: well I was uh, piggybacking off my brothers and oh got you
1: <laughs> yeah
0: he's uh, given that up
1: and that was, oh, to be enough. honest
0: there's barely anything I wanted to watch
1: on it fair enough I think Amazon Prime it's like I feel like they've got like a lot of pretty decent content but I think just it's a ball egg to search for <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, exactly the way they set up their fucking user interface like it's just long yeah Compared oh, yeah. to um, Thingy, anyway. Compared yeah. to uh, Netflix, even Disney Plus or Disney Plus, yeah. Even I think Disney Plus is a bit is a bit iffy as well. To be honest, I feel like it's just not like like I feel like I'll press like a an arrow, the arrow button to like go left or go right. And it just takes like a half a second longer than it should, and it really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's not instantaneous like it would be with like Netflix. But yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit. Like. Yeah, a little bit. But I don't know if that's just maybe maybe it's just because it's on Xbox or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, but in terms of the boys, um, I uh, hmm. I liked the show, um, but I was a lot uh, I think I was a lot lower on season two than most people were. Not because it was bad, but just because I felt it was a bit it's a bit samey, samey, and also like it's hard to to watch that show and root for anybody um, because everyone's everyone's kind of like a prick, I suppose, <laughs> in their own yeah. like, in, the, in their own way. Um, so I wasn't really like. I don't really feel connected to any of the characters and I think I know this is like supposed to flip uh, the whole superhero genre on its head but I feel like with superhero TV shows especially you should feel some sort of connection to the main character or a main character I don't really know who the main character of the show is if there even is one um, and yeah it's a bit I don't know it's not it's not a show that um, I'm rushing out to, to see to be honest um, I think
0: it's it's main USP was like it was vulgar and very violent. Um, yeah. And so that that, initial,
1: yeah, go on, sir.
0: And then once you get over that initial conceit, then it's sort of like, okay, well, season two is, like you said, very similar, and, and you, either you push the boundaries even more in terms mm. of kind of vulgarity, which potentially they're doing with season three, mm. but other than that, like, it's just the shock factor, and you can
1: get over that pretty quickly. That's the thing. Once that shock factor is was, for me, once that shock factor was gone, um, and even, to honest, even starting to show towards the end of season one, like it, after you got past like the initial, oh, this is a really weird world in terms of superheroes, after you got past that, it kind of started to become a little bit more generic. Um, and I could feel that towards the end of season one. Season two, I think they did try to ramp it up. And I suppose they did with, uh, with uh, the Stormfront character, who I liked. Um, but then now she's dead, I think, so i um, not really sure who the bad guy is going to be now I suppose they had that whole government conspiracy whatever which I guess is interesting but you know I'm not I'm not super involved in it at the minute to be honest to be quite honest but I know everybody else loves it so I'll keep watching it because you know it's something to watching it yeah exactly uh, what else what else what else have I got so I've got a couple of other things um, so No Time to Die Joe's one film um, is going to be two hours and 43 minutes long jeez which is the longest James Bond movie ever. Well, you if just... you
0: watch that and Venom in the same night, then it will be <laughs> three hours, 15 minutes in the cinema. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just Before we go into Venom, yeah, uh, with the James Bond thing. Are You're you all caught up with the James Bonds, isn't it?
0: I mean, I've seen the Daniel Craig ones. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't really remember too much what happened in the last one, but... I'm pretty sure I could could pick it up quite quickly.
1: Yeah, presumably Uh, I I think this is his last one. I think is it? Yeah. So presumably this will be like the climax to his story, I guess. Um, And are you like looking forward to that, or do are you just like not really bothered? Um, I'm not like super bothered. I just Mm. again I don't
0: think they necessarily do anything massively groundbreaking. Um. Like, you know, we're sort of, we're sort of saturated with this sort of content, particularly now the Fast and Furious franchise are
2: yeah. basically
0: like spy films. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it'd be quite interesting if he died, to be honest, mm. because 007 doesn't have to be James Bond. And you've got um, uh, Lashana Lynch, I think, is is playing yeah. 00 in, in this. So... You know, maybe he dies at the end and she becomes the new 007. That'll be interesting, I think. Daily Mail yep.
1: readers would love that. <laughs> Bloody hell. I, Yeah, I would kind of like to... Not that I'm a massive James Bond fan. I've, I've seen the first two Daniel Craig films and I watched the last two before the new one comes out. Um, which I think is... Is it this month it's coming out? Or maybe in this next Yeah. Film? No, it's September 30th. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I might watch one today, actually. But anyway... Um, but yeah, I'm not so obviously, cause I'm not particularly particularly attached to the character and I know this character, the James Bond character, goes back so far look so far, and obviously it's got uh, it's like a massive connection with a lot of people and a lot of people love this franchise. But it would be interesting to see if they have would have the balls to make a, a black woman the next 007. I don't think they would. I think they'd do it as like a spin-off. Um, oh, you think? If the character's popular, yeah, from this film, I think they'll do a spin-off and I think they'll keep keep their same james bond but uh, like this is the thing as well like I I wouldn't mind see having a spin-off because because it, it, it could even if it just black like, let it branch into its own its own thing I don't I don't mind that because I was even thinking about it the other day like how many films like spy films or espionage films with black leads do you actually have and I was thinking oh I think it was Tenet. <laughs> that was literally, and obviously like uh, oh, yeah. Men in black and Men in black if that counts that's I put that more of a sci-fi kind of thing. Mm.
2: Yeah,
1: you've and, got a good point. And like, I would rather, I would rather um, give someone like Lashana Lynch or whoever um, a chance to build their own franchise rather than you come in and become this become this technically iconic character, replace James Bond, and then people who inevitably will hate it will cause the film to probably like tank, and then you won't see another black lead in this type of film for another five years. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think it's a good point. Um, You know, obviously, Doctor Who changed from the traditionally male Doctor to female Doctor. Um, Mm. She only had a couple of seasons. Jodie... Jodie Foster, uh, I think. Whittaker, I think.
1: Oh, Whittaker. Um,
0: (laughs) She's she's also an actress. uh, Actor. Um yeah, I think you've got a good point. I think the only thing is, is like, the kind of 007 is the IP that everyone recognizes. So, mm. how would you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see it anyway. Just change it up a bit. Um, mm. You know, I think when Casino Royale came out in 2006, it reignited, mm. you know, the, um, the franchise, uh, which mm. I think had gone a bit stale. But, mm. you know, I think. I'd like to see maybe like an R-rated version because, yeah. you know, that's probably a different direction and and R-rated stuff does does do well. It's not necessarily like, you know, you will never make as much money. Um, mm. Mm. But yeah, I think they need to sort of end up differentiating themselves from all the kind of generic, uh, you know, Fast and Furious or
1: mm. yeah, any
0: any sort of action film now. But yeah, I'm looking forward to No Time to Die, Um, even if it's just to see how it all kind of culminates.
1: Mm. Yeah, two two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's a long one. um, um, Yeah, that's a bit mad, I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like maybe they're, obviously I haven't seen um, the most recent one, but maybe they're just trying to wrap everything up kind of thing. Maybe that's why it's so fucking long. Yeah. That's a madness. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, but then on the complete opposite scale, you've got, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which mm. I think it's AMC theatres in America are reporting mm. that it's 90 minutes long.
1: That's like li- literally, yeah, when you said that, I actually just laughed. <laughs> like, because that is literally unheard of in this day and age with a superhero film.
0: Yeah. So I think I've read somewhere that it would be 25 minutes shorter than the shortest MCU film. That's mad. Um, and I think. Like seven minutes shorter than Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, or something. So, like, I don't know. I think it's weird, one because we often bemoan like films being excessively long.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but on paper, like a superhero film to basically establish Carnage Mm. um, and Shriek, who I think is going to be a secondary villain, um, have all the action and then resolve it. Mm. I don't know. It, it just seems like how are you going to do that? I mean, maybe maybe they have done it well and it's concise and stuff. But
1: I think, think, sorry, just to interrupt you, I think I think was maybe the film is so bad that they think, okay, we need to get people in and out as quickly as possible. Cause at least they because <laughs> at least they can't hate us for the film being overly long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my thinking. they've just released it, have they? Well, possibly, very well, possibly Release
0: the circus cut.
1: In it, release the circus cut. But I think just based on everything I've seen, like obviously they are going this um, buddy cop route a bit, presumably like between Venom and Eddie Brock, which I hate to be honest. But if they're going to do that, then then you know those sorts of films, like you know I'm thinking of like maybe like other guys or something, Rush Hour or stuff like that. They are better off as shorter films, like getting you out. Maybe you get a few laughs and then you fucking leave and you forget about it kind of thing so maybe, I think maybe that's what they're what they're trying to do um, yeah I don't know about, I don't know about this film at all this could probably be a contender for worst film of the year <laughs> 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 and they pushed the date back up I wonder why they did that as well because Shang-Chi did well I think ah, and cool. they were like
0: oh maybe people do want to see superhero films and they're like hey let's get this up before
1: Spider-Man and Eternals <laughs> literally um, oh sorry can you remind me Yeah, um, when we talk about Shang-Chi because mm. I don't know if you was going to mention it, but the whole thing about it not not playing in China. Oh, I I wasn't. Okay, so yeah, remind me when we when we come and to talk about that because I read that yesterday. Okay, um, yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, man, Venom. This uh, the, even the trailer to this film. I hate, uh, I don't think I've hated the trailer more than the first trailer that come out for this film. It, like where he's doing all oh, where Venom, they're in the kitchen doing breakfast. Oh my god, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's actually horrible. Like, oh my God, that film's so bad. I don't know how that film made so much money. Oh God. Yeah. It actually pains me that that film made more than like Justice League. Even though Justice League the first one wasn't great, I still liked it. But that film is ten times better than Venom in my
0: opinion. And also, you think Carnage is such a big villain. Mm. um, They're surely not just going to have him in one film and that's it. Like, I'd be shocked if they do that. And so then you, Was it Chris on the chat? Did he say maybe it'd be a part one or something? But I don't know. I also don't want them to put all their eggs in that basket and if it doesn't do that well. I just sort of feel like Carnage is one of those villains that it's so big that if you only had him in one film you'd be really disappointed and you'd sort of shoot yourself in the foot. Particularly if they're trying to build this whole spider, Sony spider universe or whatever they call in it. Mm. Um, Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it but at least if it's only ninety minutes long, then like you said, the the misery, potential misery will will not last too long. Yeah, you're in,
1: you're uh, least.
0: yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that one goes. But uh, I mean, if it comes out a couple of days after James Bond, <laughs>
1: they've
0: probably not chosen the best window to release it. No, I guess not. But, yeah. There was, I'm sure there was another trailer thing that I once I can't remember. Um. Maybe it'll come back to me. Mm. Is there any other film news on your list? Um,
1: no, no film news, really. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the... Uh, not that I've, I haven't watched it yet, because I want to watch the first film first, but the Matrix trailer. I don't know if you wanted to talk about the Matrix trailer. I didn't watch the Matrix trailer, because oh, okay. I want to
0: re-watch the Matrix films first. Okay, yeah, I cool. Don't, I don't want it to, like, spoil maybe something that happened. Yeah, did, you, did you watch it?
1: No, I'm in the same boat as you, because I've never seen them, so I want to watch... Uh, I want to watch the films first Because I don't want it to like Say oh Fucking Neo's dead Or something <laughs> Like I don't but I know I've no idea who that, who that Character even is But you know That's um That's
0: uh Keanu Reeves' character Oh
1: okay cool There you go But um
0: It seems like they've recast Um Orpheus, Which was Lawrence Fishburne's character
1: Oh yeah It's uh What's his first Isn't it Um uh, My Yaha friend Mad- from, uh, That's the one Yaha
0: Abdul-Mateen yes. The second Yes
1: Yes he's doing right He's in a few things uh, A few films now
0: well, let me just quickly transition then into Candyman. There you go. <laughs> um, so it was a couple of weeks ago, actually, since I saw this, um, but we haven't podcasted since then. Uh, but yeah, Candyman, um, another kind of horror from the uh, wheelhouse of Jordan Peele, uh, directed by Nia DaCosta, who will be doing the Marvels. Um, so it stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, from One Division Fame, and Nathan Stewart Jarrett, who was in Misfits. Um and basically it's a spiritual sequel, uh, I think they call it, to the nineteen ninety two film The Same Name, which starred Tony Todd as the eponymous candyman. Uh and then basically in the kind of original film, um, there's like this sort of uh what do you call it, urban legend about a man who gives out candy to kids with razor blades in. Um, and if you say his name five times in the mirror he comes and kills you Um, but the background is basically there was a man that was giving out candy, people thought he was Candyman, he got killed and then that sort of helped bring the legends to life sort of thing Um, so this is set in present day uh, in the same neighbourhood that the first film is set in which is called Caprini Green in Chicago Um, but this is now, you know, the the Caprini Green from the first film has been demolished and gentrified, and now there's a lot of, like, artists, um, you know, particularly artists of colour living in this area, and there's kind of a whole social commentary about kind of gentrifying the hood, I think they call it, and, you know, they're saying that kind of particularly non-white families are often ghettoised, and then those areas get made nice again, and then those families are pushed out and then you get the kind of artistic people coming in um so you know again peel is is kind of imbuing uh, social commentary to an extent within horror which i think mm-hmm. is quite a good way to explore it um because you can't you know you're not necessarily you can sort of use supernatural elements and stuff and it doesn't have to be like oh this is completely realism mm-hmm. um but it's a good way to explore it and um they sort of rework the legend of the candy man um into sort of like symbolizing suffering um particularly black suffering um and i think there's a line in it where one of the characters says like there's a candy man for every generation or something which i thought was quite a really interesting point um you know a a way of of looking at it um so yaya dormateen uh plays anthony he's a painter um, or an artist, and he comes across this this legend, and uh, you know uses it as his inspiration. And and sort of the more he kind of looks into it, and uh, yes, yeah, surrounds himself with within the, myth, the mythos of it, uh, he sort of loses his sanity a bit. Um, you know, like the tortured artist and, and kind of mm. that sort of thing. Um, I don't want to kind of go into spoilers. Uh, I can't imagine you're going to watch it, OB I was going to say, um... I'm not going to
1: watch it. Go for it. <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not massively scary. Um, okay. not, not in my opinion anyway, but I, I thought it was decent. Um, I think it's, it's well acted. I like Yaya, Um, Tiana Paris was good. Um, yeah, it was just like a, a, a nice way of, of kind of Refreshing this franchise, mm. um, I think it would definitely benefit you to have seen the first film um, mm. to watch. I think it. that was
1: one of the main criticisms I saw.
0: Yeah, I feel like the term "spiritual sequel" is a bit misleading. It is basically a sequel. Mm. Um, I mean, to go into spoilers, it turns so there's a at the end of the first film in 1992, um, there's a baby that gets kidnapped, and Candyman wants to. Um, you know, kind of take the baby and raise it sort of thing in hell or wherever he's from. Uh, That baby gets saved, but um, it turns out that baby is Yaya Abdul-Mateen. So he's intrinsically linked with the Candyman and he ends up up becoming the Candyman. Um, And there's references to um, Virginia Madsen's character from the first film. Um, She, she comes across the legend and does it as like a student reporting piece. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it, you, it does all get explained throughout this film, but to kind of have a better knowledge, you know, watch it and, and you'd understand it a bit more. Um, but
1: yeah, I mean... Does it leave itself open for, like, another, another film?
0: I think it, I think you could. Um, so, I mean, he, Yard team becomes essentially the Candyman. Um, mm. But I think if they're going down the whole Candyman for a different generation thing, then that w- might be a more interesting take on it, mm. like exploring different um, injustices, I guess, mm. uh, or or maybe traumas through that lens rather mm. than rather than oh he's Candyman again is going to kill more people. Um, I feel like that that's sort of done now. That that bit I don't yeah. really
1: see how, how where else they would go with it.
0: It could have been scarier, um,
1: but. Do you do you think um sorry to interrupt you do you think um the original version um had did the original version have like social commentary or was that more it did it did a a bit yeah so
0: um the kind of backstory of Candyman is that the original Candyman was from like the eighteen hundreds and he was a uh black man who fell in love with a upper class white woman Mm. and that's why he was killed um. And and so that's sort of like, you know, he wasn't unable to, you know, the true love was sort of um, stopped because of their race. Uh, But in the first film, it's, uh, we follow Virginia Madsen's character, who's a white woman. Mm. um, And there is mention of race, but I feel like this centres it a lot better Mm. because obviously, like, the the people behind it um, and the actors, uh, they're all, you know, kind of African-American so mm. um, I guess to an extent you would hope that there's there's more of an authenticity there and I felt like they sort of maybe just lent into it a bit more particularly with like the gentrification of Chicago which yeah. I think you said was a criticism they didn't go far enough but um,
1: yeah someone was saying they didn't um, not that I know what this means but they didn't capture the essence of Black Chicago not that I know what that means
0: to be honest yeah and I, I, I
1: wouldn't either but um, yeah. I think like Nia Dacosta's
0: Costa's the way she filmed some of the stuff as well was pretty cool um mm. you know she tried to she used mirrors quite a lot because mm. um Anthony looks in the mirror and sees Candyman rather than himself and mm. um she tries to like use sort of different places of the character at different angles so it, it kind of makes you feel a bit more uneasy and um there's a also um, oh, gone there's a sequence in an art gallery uh which is quite quite stylized but also you know she uses shadow and stuff as well and yeah mm. I think that, that sort of Made me think, ah, maybe the Marvels
1: will look pretty cool visually. I was going to say, yeah. Does any anything you saw make you like excited for what she's might do with um, with the Marvels?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think obviously going to be very, very different films, but um, yeah. in terms of like, I guess you know the way that people are saying that internals is going to look very cool because Chloe Zhao's got a certain style that she uses. I think mm. if if that uses sort of shadow mirrors, angles, the way that she has in, in the Marvels, it might be more interesting um, I mean, obviously those sorts of things probably lend themselves a bit better to horror, but mm. um, yeah, I mean we don't know what the plot of the Marvels will be they, no. they could do a horror tw- twinge I don't know, um, horror angle, um, but maybe mm. that's covered by Doctor Strange too
1: uh, It's only 31, yeah.
0: wow, I'm surprised yeah, it's not. I thought it was her first feature as well, but it isn't. So, yeah,
1: yeah. she's the, or she, she's the youngest filmmaker to direct a Marvel film. Wow, that's impressive.
0: I think she was also the first Black woman to be number one at the box office.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I, I think I read think. that as well. I think that might be
0: correct. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I mean, it, it was it was fine. This film, it was it was decent. It was nothing that's good. Um, I think yeah.
1: now, like. The only way you're going to get me to watch horror films is if there is like a like a social commentary aspect behind it but even then it's it can't it's got to be like get out level horror where it's not like like get out's not really a horror film I don't think like traditionally um, it's
0: different it's different types of horror though you've got yeah. like the, like the jump scare horror or you've got like the kind of uh, unease and like the kind of not all horrors are necessarily violent. Or No Well I mean like the original kind of Slashes of the 70s Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween You didn't see like tons of On screen violence A lot of it was off screen or kind of Audio um, So yeah it's, it's just it's Something that makes you uneasy And, and um, Yeah I think I <laughs> I'm not sure if this is So Get Out I think is the best Of the kind of Peel trilogy, even though I know we've yeah. done read this. But um, Us, I think I had a few issues with it. Um, yeah,
1: me too. I did as well.
0: I feel like this is probably the middle one. I feel like this is better than Us, but not as good as Get Out. But, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth watching. And, um, you know, again, the, the, they're not like, there is some bloody violence, but, you know, if you watch something like The Hitman's Bodyguard, that's also very violent. So... That's true. It's, it's,
1: different. Different, it's a different sort of violence, though, I feel like. I don't know. I feel much less uneasy <laughs> watching uh, that sort of violence than watching, like, uh, yeah, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe type of thing. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I get it. I what, get. What? I get it. There's, a, there's a brutality to the thing yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have fucking hated Malignant. Oh, yeah. No, that sounds, <laughs> sounds like not my cup of tea whatsoever. <sighs> yeah, well, that is definitely my cup of tea. Um, well I might as well talk about that Yeah, go ahead. Um, so yeah Malignant is the latest horror from James Wan who obviously started off doing Saw and then went on to Conjuring and Insidious uh, more recently did Fast and Furious 7 and Aquaman so um, he's back to horror and this is a very 18 rated horror which mm. you know, I mean the 18 horrors you tend to get would be like your hostels and your saws where it's like uber bloody violence and bordering on torture porn and whilst there is a fair amount of gore and violence in this film it's not to that kind of uh, gratuitous or maybe it is gratuitous but it's not quite as gratuitous as um, as, as kind of the ones I mentioned before um, but the story is um, there's a, a woman called um, Mad- Madison and uh, at the start of the film she's pregnant um, you learn that she's had a few uh, miscarriages. Um, she's got an abusive boyfriend, and uh, they have an argument. And he smacks her head against the wall, um, and then has to go to hospital and lose. Uh, and then loses the baby. Meanwhile, her boyfriend is killed. Um, in a, his neck is snapped, and you know, quite quite angular, angularly, shall we say um by this basically mysterious kind of shadowy figure and Madison sees it happen which well, she feels like she's there but she uh, was in the hospital and basically more and more she's witnessing people being murdered um and and slowly it's revealed that they have kind of connections to her past um you find out she's she was adopted and um you know kind of things that she was institutionalised as a young kid mm. um, but I don't know I don't know how much, I'm not going to spoil it because even if you're not going to watch it, Ob, the, the third act gets pretty bonkers to
1: mm-hmm. the point
0: um, where you're sort of like what on earth is going on and it keeps you guessing and it's that like terror of just A, the unrelenting nature of it, like this film fr- pretty much from the the get-go to the end is like pretty consistent with horror um and trying to scare you not necessarily through like loud jump scares which i don't Mm. like but you know there'll be like shadowy figures in the corner and you can see them approaching and um just the sheer like weirdness of, of some of the stuff that happens and and not knowing where it's going um that also creates unease um but that's that's one of the things i really liked about it and there's some body horror elements and um, a decent use of uh, Where Is My Mind by the Pixies in terms of like a weird sort of like electronic distorted version mm. that plays over some of the kills. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's got pretty mixed reviews, but I think it depends what sort of horror you like. Um, so oh. this, isn't, this isn't, yeah, insidious conjuring where it's really quiet and then really loud and that makes you jump. Um, it's a bit more, yeah, odd than that. Uh, mm. It's a bit more just unsettling, and and yeah, the way it, the kind of reveal towards the end is is um, strange and it's kind of brave. This is this is not your usual horror film, which is quite good and to, to its massive credit. But I think a lot of critics, uh, professional critics, <laughs> are just a bit. Unsure of it and think maybe it's too weird or um, it doesn't come off. But for me, this is the sort of horror film that I like. Um, So you enjoyed it then? Sounds like yeah, yeah. Thoroughly, I would recommend you watch it uh, if you're a horror fan. Um, So yeah, don't recommend it to me, fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's uh, it's good. It combines a few elements of horror and uh, different elements of horror and does Mm. well, in my opinion. So well done, James Wan. can't imagine Aquaman two is going to be anything like this.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, this is like his uh, his wheelhouse, isn't it? Horror film. That's like his natural, where he comes from, like his background kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like Aquaman's That's... the anomaly, I suppose.
0: <laughs> there was, was that small kind of trench sequence, wasn't there? That yeah. Was sort of like him going, "Hey, <laughs> I can do this." I don't think yeah, there was were... any horror in Far Seven,
1: but they were going to do a film on that, but then I think they uh, got cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a shame. Um, but yeah, no, it's good that you... Because uh, I feel like the last few times we've spoken, or you've spoken about horror films, you've been like quite disappointed. So it's good that this one like, subverted your expectations. Yeah, definitely. And I
0: couldn't... You know, of a lot of these kind of conjuring ones, you have an idea of where it's going to go. Mm. Um, they sort of follow familiar beats and stuff. Um, yeah, but this, this was, good. It was good. I think it's one that I would probably... If you wanted to, like... If you have, like, mates over and you want to scare or something, mm. I would probably suggest this so I might buy it mm. DVD. Uh, Show sure. Lauren and... Yeah, shout out there. I was don't watch it when I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what have you been watching, though? You've seen a new release, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I saw... So yesterday I saw Respect, um, which is the Aretha Franklin biopic um, starring Jennifer Hudson... Uh, Forrest Whitaker and Marlon Waynes. Sure. okay. <laughs> um, and yeah basically it's just about Aretha uh, Franklin her her life and like growing up and obviously becoming the superstar that she became and how she how she became that way and like the str- some of the struggles that she went through. Um, and also some of the stuff that you know she was involved in that maybe like not not, pe- not a lot of people knew about in terms of like um, social movements, civil rights movements like that kind of thing. Um, and it yeah so it goes from like maybe I think it was 1950 up until about 1972 1973 like the the span of the film um, and I enjoyed it I think it's actually pretty good um, and I I don't know if you have you watched it yet Glenn, or you plan on watching it or I might watch it yeah but um, I would I would I just, like two awesome. hours 35 or something isn't it yeah it is a bit of a long one but I would suggest uh, watching it um, just for like a for me anyway it was a case of learning about um, uh, an artist that I've always known but never really known about if that makes sense mm-hmm. and like I know a few of her songs but I never really known like her background or how she came up or you know any of the things she went through um, so yeah it kind of like, goes through like different stages of her life like her her um, do you have, I'll just give like mild spoilers but it's nothing nothing yeah. too heavy um, her parents split up pretty early so she had to deal with that um, and then you no know, there's a couple there's a couple tragedies. Um, she gets pregnant at the age of twelve. Oh um, what? I know, right? It's fucking crazy. Um obviously she has to and then by the time she's I think she's maybe nineteen, she's got two kids already. She meets um her first husband, who's I think was a gangster and he's like abusive and her dad was an arse. The was it's weird, her dad like was nice to her but also like wanted to control her as well. Like her dad's played by Forrest Whitaker um and he was, he was a very controlling character like they go to meetings she wouldn't have to speak wouldn't have her own voice and she was like doing music early but people were picking songs for her and the, like they weren't selling she'd put, put out like four or five albums and um like no hits basically and it came a point where like she where it turned and basically she started writing her own music or at least getting songs and making appropriate changes to it and then that's kind of what led her to be like super successful um and like also like the help of like her sisters as well who were also singers who like would help her write and do background singing and stuff like that and that kind of like propelled her career um like like um like really like really successful but then with like all that fame and stuff she like um and she was like still being abused by her husband and stuff, and she had like loads of pressures going on. And there was a big thing of like she hasn't obviously her a big thing about like her church background because her dad was a uh, a minister, um, and he uh, he led like a massive like congregation kind of thing. so He was like a really big deal, and he used to like go on tours and stuff like around preaching around um in the 1950s like around uh, around America, and he was like friends with Martin Luther King, um. So there was that aspect of it, and she was like. Um, quite close with him as well obviously before he died and she like wanted to be involved with like the social movement and stuff like that if I had a couple of criticism of the film one of them would be that I feel like they could have put more obviously the film's two and a half hours long but I feel like they could have put more of her what she did because um, obviously there's a lot of like her saying I want to be more involved the, with the movement and obviously a couple of conversations with her and Martin Luther King but they didn't show in particular a lot of her doing stuff kind of thing they kind of just said it said she did stuff um but, yeah, and obviously, yeah, goes for a life. Um, she becomes super successful, but then she's still... They make a big thing about her having to battle her demons, um, presumably with, like, trauma that she faced, obviously, earlier on in her life, which she not really dealt with, and that kind of led her to, like, drinking loads, alcoholism. Um, she uh, gets, like, really paranoid and stuff, thinking everyone wants to, like, take her spot and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, she kind of, like, goes off the deep end a little bit and... Um, but then she finds um she like has an epiphany basically um, one night where she's like at the bottom of the barrel kind of thing and then that kind of like turns her life around she finds god um goes back to the church um ends up producing like the first i think she oh no, she had like the first ever like live recording of of amazing grace in a church or something something along those lines and then she put out a gospel album a gospel album which everybody thought was going to flop but it was actually her most successful album ever um and yeah, and then obviously the film kind of like ends with her on that on that high kind of thing after she's kind of like overcome her demon sort of thing. Okay. So is it a yeah. pretty musical film? Um yeah, I would say so. I would say it's pretty musical. Um yeah, obviously you find out like obviously here some of her hits, um, some of the ones that maybe aren't as popular as well. Um, a couple of songs I heard I was like, Oh, I didn't even know she I don't even know if she wrote that kind of thing or she was or she she sang that kind of thing. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, definitely good music. They give they give Jennifer Hudson ample opportunity to like to belt out some notes because she's like a, a ridiculously good singer. Like, um, so yeah. And apparently, um, she Aretha Franklin. Actually, I don't know how true this is, but apparently, Aretha Franklin or Aretha Franklin's family like handpicked Jennifer Hudson to play to play yeah. her kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so that's even that interesting. And I think obviously, I don't really know too much of Aretha Franklin. But obviously, she did. She, she, to me, she did a good job, because she's a good actress anyway, and obviously I know she can sing, because she's in, um, uh, Dream Girls, and she's belting out notes like no tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think she did a good job. I think Force obviously he's a class actor, so you know that he's gonna, always gonna bring his A game. The only way, <laughs> for me, the only way the film lets it down is Modern Waves, unfortunately. Like, he's like in a very serious role, and he, he, you can tell he's trying, trying, trying his best to play, to play this, like, character. But it just, it's not washing for me, like, it was just, it wasn't good, in my in my opinion, unfortunately. <laughs> and when you, when you put him next to actors like Forrest Whitaker and, uh, and Jennifer Hudson, like, then you can just tell there's a massive chasm in acting ability, like. I, and... I feel
0: like, I feel like Forrest Whitaker's had a few, sh- uh, dodgy roles, though. I mean, Fair uh, what is it? Um, Rogue One and.
1: we are you talking about, mate? Save the Rebellion! Save the Dream! Oh, are you talking, what are you family? talking
0: about? <laughs>
1: Like. Mate, well, what a like. even, even his
0: role with Black Panther, I was a bit like. Mm.
1: I, I like to him in Black Panther, but I understand uh, why people what people didn't like him. Mm. <laughs> my, dad, my dad, called him an <laughs> <laughs> Well, that,
0: that's an indictment. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, do you see Jennifer Hudson being nominated for an Oscar? Ooh.
1: Mm. I'm trying to think what I've seen in terms of what I've seen this year. Her performance is definitely up there, I would say, in terms of what I've seen she But obviously, you know, Oscars have a lot of there's a lot of stuff that comes out, like in these next three months. That will be like, you know, this is Oscar worthy, Oscar bait kind of thing. So, from what I've seen, I would say yeah, she's probably up there in terms of performance, the performances that I've watched um, from actors and actresses. So that was really good. Also, another thing I liked as well that um, I'm a sucker for this. Like when they do like um, uh, biographical films. And at the end, they kind of do like this whole subtitle shit of all the stuff that they did, kind of thing. But after, yeah. after after that, I love I love that stuff. Um, and so there any
0: actually... archive footage or, or yeah, record. there was
1: actually yeah 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 there was um, yeah. So they showed like pictures of her obviously in real life obviously um, with Martin Luther King and you know my dad and um, at concerts and stuff. There was footage of her. Um, I think I think it might have been her last concert, but she was performing um, in like I think maybe 20. In the 2010s, um, and she was like proper giving it, like taking her, her coat off, and like the crowd were going mad, and it was jokes. And there was one well of her, um, performing at uh, Barack Obama's inauguration in 2009 oh, right. as well, yeah. And then obviously, like they say, like she was awarded all these awards and stuff, and for, for like, you know, her contribution to society kind of thing, which was pretty sick as well. But yeah, it's good, it's a, it's a good film. I think it's been, I think, I feel like it's gotten mixed reviews, uh, in, uh, the media but I, I enjoyed it but obviously it might be different for somebody who like, loves Ruthie Franklin do you know what I mean because I don't really know anything about it's her too tough so um, I'm not like, going in blind but obviously someone who has paid attention to them their, like, her whole career maybe or because like a big fan might be like oh no she didn't do it justice but okay. you know
0: sounds good I will, oh, if I've got a chance I will check it out
1: yeah
0: um, sounds better than Cop Shop anyway which will... <laughs>
1: One I do want to film. watch. I do. I, I do want to watch it, even though I know it's just classic Jared Butler bullshit. But I want, I'll watch it.
0: Yeah. Well, I, w- I will not go into spoilers, um, so it'll probably be rather brief. But um, Cop Shop uh, is an action thriller from Joe Carnahan, who did Smoking Aces uh, way back in 2007, which is a better film. Um, this is basically the premise is uh, Frank Grillo guy called teddy he's like a well he gets called a fixer uh for like the mob and he says i'm not a fixer i'm a he uses another term like organizer or something basically just splitting hairs but uh he is basically he gets himself locked in prison on purpose um for protection uh then gerard butler Um, who is a hitman, also gets locked in the same prison and reveals that he is there to kill Teddy. Um, And then there's another guy who later on comes to also try and kill Teddy. So there's a hit on Teddy. Uh, And then they both get locked up in this quiet sort of police precinct in uh, Nevada. And there's a a rookie police officer um, who basically has to deal with them and their bullshit. Um, this film tries to have like the snappy, zippy dialogue um, of like a kind of like a Tarantino film, mm. um, but none of the actors are that great at pulling it off. Mm. Um, you know, Gerard Butler is very Gerard Butler, and you know they're both like trying to convince the cop that they're truthful and they're going to help her and they should let them out rather than the other guy. But to be honest, the screenplay kind of falls down. And so to me, it was like too, when it was talking, it was too much. And I was a bit like, I'm kind of bored now. Um, get to the action. Because a lot of like the first half of the film is, is, you know, one character in one cell, the other in another cell, and then the policeman in between. Um, not most visually kind of <laughs> engaging and uh, then there's a kind of subplot of one of the other police officers. Um, you know, he's, he's in some trouble with, with some shady characters. And mm.
1: uh, then it all
0: kind of culminates in like the last like, half of the film, which is very sort of gung-fu, uh, they call it. You know, just lots of shooting and kind of ducking and weaving and shotguns and explosions and stuff. Um, which is fine Ooh. but you know that's also a, a kind of fairly tried and tested um, yeah. method and this doesn't necessarily do anything different or kind of visually exciting um, like I said the actors don't necessarily bring that like energy that it needs I think yeah. um, there's a guy the, the guy plays Anthony Lamb who's the kind of second hitman that comes um kind of just about a third of the way into the film he he plays it very well he plays this, he's like plays an unhinged character and like he has some of the best lines and the best delivery but unfortunately the others don't really and and I think a film that has a, a relatively tight kind of uh, setting it has to rely on the actors being quite good and, and bringing the energy and I just didn't get that from it um, so to me, it was it was just non-zippy dialogue with a lot of shooting and the ending as well. So there's a point where you think it's going to end and then there's like a two minute extra scene afterwards, which just infuriated me because it pits two of the characters and you think that, you know, they're going to kind of start chasing one another or whatever and then it just ends. And you're like, well, what was the point of that? Because now you're just making me wonder if they are they chasing after each other, are they going their separate ways? What's going on? And that's a question that doesn't rely on another film. You can just have thirty seconds extra (laughs) of footage. Uh, So that was really annoying. Um, But you know, it was it was it was a pretty average film. Um, Like I said, the director's previous effort. Uh, one of his previous efforts smoking aces was a lot better because that has vague similarities in terms of like you know mobs and and people trying to kill other people and um that had like ryan reynolds and snappier dialogue and relatively tight setting so that's that's a that was a better blueprint than this one but um you know it's not too long so you know if you if you want to switch your brain off for two hours then uh you know, this might be this might be fine if you've exhausted all the other options in the cinema
1: yeah I'm thinking that like, obviously I've only I think I saw this trailer by accident um and it just screamed to me like this film is not going to be good but it might <laughs> be but it might be entertaining kind of like the kind of like most Joe uh, Butler films um, to be fair. yeah this um, is not
0: one of his better ones though
1: because he just put out a, what was the one he put on Amazon prime?
0: Greenland,
1: yeah, which I thought was pretty decent. I that was it. decent, yeah. Um, so it's a shame that this one, uh, <laughs> the one that actually is released in the cinema, isn't um, is it living up to the standard kind of thing. But I will, I think I will give it a watch just because you know it's in the cinema, isn't it? Is it a lot? Is it long? How long is it? Uh, it's
0: an hour, 40-ish okay, yeah. in an hour, in an hour forty.
1: Okay, ish.
0: Hour forty-five. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean it's it's not on the level of law-abiding citizen or no. um, yeah, some something like that. But it's it's fine. Um, I think, yeah. I just think it was it was maybe miscast. The trailer actually made it look quite good. Um, but the trailer is, is some of the better parts of it. Well, yeah, just so. saying, that's what
1: that's what, trailer, that's what trailers are made for, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, talking of murder, <laughs> uh <laughs> Have you seen the, have you seen <laughs> That's that a horrible uh, segue, so I know, sorry. <laughs> um, have you seen that show Only Murders in the Building on Yes,
1: yes I have. Well I've watched the first two episodes.
0: Yeah, I've seen the first two as well. Yeah. Um, what do you think? I mean give us I've done a lot of plot explaining. Give us a quick overview of, of the setup and let us know what you think.
1: Um, okay, so Only Murders in the Building um, it, the premise is that it's based around three characters, um, uh, two older men. Uh, was it Steve Martin? Yeah. Steve Martin, Martin Strong, short, short, and Selena Gomez. Um, and yeah, they are like obsessed with this true crime prog- true crime podcast. Um, so they find out like that they all listen to it, um, and basically on the same night they all find that they listen to this podcast someone in their building is murdered. Somebody who they all passed in the elevator like an hour before or something like that. Um, So then they're like, oh, I think they're all a bit... So, Salida Gomez's character is a bit like... She's a bit quite mysterious in the first episode. You don't really know what she's up to or how she lives in the building because it's like a really fancy hotel building. Um, Steve Martin's character is like um, a kind of washed up actor, I suppose. Um, And then uh martin short's character is a wash up director it seems or <laughs> like, a, like a producer maybe or something like that um so then they're kind of like that's why this i think this podcast thing that kind of gives them like a something to do basically and i think from uh martin short's uh point of view it, he's probably thinking of, i think he's thinking of it more of like a monetarily point of view because he's like kind of like struggling with building that um so yeah so they get together and they're like, oh, let's investigate, let's start our own podcast about this uh, this murder that happened in the building, um, and then uh, one of them suggests, oh, should we? someone was murdered in the park last week, should we look at that as well? And he's like, and then Steve Martin says, no, I only murdered in the building, so that's where they get the title from, mm-hmm. um, of the podcast and of the show, obviously. Um, and yeah, so it's basically them investigating, trying to find out more about this uh, this man that died, and, um, and I suppose that's about it, and then you find out, um, at the end of the f- first episode that Selena Gomez's character actually knows or knew the person who died but she didn't tell anyone that she knew him so then obviously that gets it a bit bit deeper kind of thing Um, and then the second episode is basically obviously we can delve deeper into it but that's basically them just kind of like further letting us know kind of like how she knew uh, this man that died and also them like kind of like getting the doing the groundwork for their podcast kind of thing sorting out like their lines and doing investigations and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I suppose, that's pretty much the, the first two episodes, but yeah, you want to get into it.
0: And they try and, um, so the, the episodes basically follow like the premise that an episode of the podcast would take. So they say in the second episode, isn't it like, oh, episode two of a good crime thriller podcast, um, is getting to know the victim and you must know the victim. And so I think the, the kind of, Title of that episode is like who was Oscar or whatever I think it was his name. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh. Oscar, I think it was Oscar. Um,
1: something,
0: like, something like that. I can't remember. What trying it was. to trying to look actually. Da, 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 da. Not good audio. Tim. <laughs> Tim. Tim. Oh, Tim. Tim. Oscar. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> Tim, that's it. Um yeah, Tim Kono. So who is Tim Kono? Um that's like what they're on about and and I guess in the same parallel we're getting to know the main characters a bit more. So um Charles, Oliver and Mabel. Um and yeah, so it kind of sets up your expectation for that episode because they say, Oh presumably it'll be like episode three, a good episode three does this. You know. Mm. Um it's very like Sweet, I think, like very like, it's got this like very clean aesthetic, like mm. nothing, everything just looks super clean and, and it sort of, it looks very much like a, like it would be a set, you know, which I know sounds stupid, but to me it doesn't seem like that real, it doesn't look like they're in a real setting, Um and I think to me that's at odds with like, Some of the stuff within the within the show, so like they use bad language, you know, they swear, Um, and also when you see Tim's kind of suicide wound, that's kind of kind of graphic, yeah. And it's got to me, it's got this like, I guess, very like you know, like friends or um, I guess just like sitcommy kind of vibe to it, but then it also has some of the language and. Kind of I guess injury detail of, of something a lot kind of darker or more adult and so it, to me it doesn't balance that very well. Yeah. Um, I feel like it it doesn't need the language that makes sense it sort of I don't know to me really, it's just not working it has this like feel of I, something.
1: I, I see what you mean yeah and Cena Gomez has this quite like dead pan sort of like um personality as well that's so what i couldn't figure out i was like is yeah. she
0: trying to be deadpan or she's just not very good at acting
1: okay yeah well she was i remember from wizards of raverly place so and she was like she was, so she's only like a child but she was she was pretty good in that so like the way she's acting this compared to how she acted now is like night and day kind of thing
0: yeah she just doesn't have any sort of emotion in her voice no. like everything's just very flat and i kind of it difficult to like her as a character, mm. um, and then I kind of find Oliver and Charles a bit annoying.
1: I, I find um, which one's Charles? Uh, Steve Martin. Okay, I find the I find Oliver annoying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I find other, but, uh, Steve Steve Martin I think so. I think's not not too bad. But like I'm kind of waiting for. I'm hoping that either these characters um, kind of like have some sort of, like, bond or some sort of, like, thing where it makes me think, okay, like, I really like these this trio together so I'm going to keep watching. Or I'm hoping that this, um, the actual tro- the actual crime aspect of it is, like, really interesting. Because um, so one of those has even got a draw in. Um, yeah. Because after the first two episodes, I'm a bit like, okay, it's okay but I'm not going to, like, I'm not waiting for it to come out every Wednesday or whenever it comes out kind of thing. It does help that it's only 30 minutes episodes, though, so it's a pretty quick, uh, pretty quick, yeah. watch, quick watch. For me, this
0: is a back burner one. It's like,
1: yeah, eh, if I
0: got half hour, I'll watch it. Yeah. But if like, it was
1: forty five minutes long, I would, I would, I would, have stopped after episode one.
0: I think so as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, going back to Selena Gomez, I, I, there's that scene in episode two where, like, so in episode one, Charles picks a lock and he does this speech about his dad and stuff. And then Selena uh, Mabel realizes that that was a line from his show, and so she mm. confronts him about. it. She's like, "Was that just a, was that real, or was that just a line from your show?" And you're like, "Come on, mm. they're fucking they're like gusto into it!" So it just makes me think that maybe this was not her best performance. Um,
1: yeah, but maybe. But also this, Well, I I actually thought that the show. Um, was all out already like in America kind of thing and they were kind of like drip-feeding it to us I only, I only thought that because it had like really good um, ratings on IMDB I think IMDB was like 8.6 or something like that and I think Rotten Tomatoes was like a 90-something percent so I think oh okay like it must like heat up it must get really good kind of thing but then they're only one episode ahead of us so I was like oh, oh okay <laughs> what means I've been watching then like, to, make it, to make themselves rating so highly like because it's not like it's not the acting <laughs> like so, I don't know yeah what, what it
0: is it's weird I just don't think it it strikes the right balance between what it's doing um so I I mean I can't really articulate it much better than that to be honest but yeah there's something about it I'm like "Mm, you're not you're not hitting what you're trying to do or what you're trying to do isn't coming off um and yeah nothing's kind of caught my attention too much uh but I will probably just watch it casually yeah um it's better than that the documentary, anyway.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Did you, did I, is that? Not, is it not good? I watched episode one, uh-huh. and I was a bit like, uh. <laughs> I watched bloody um one show you would fucking hate it. It's called um <laughs> it's called like Motherland, um Port Salem, I think it's called. Um, I don't think you've seen adverts for it on Disney Plus, but basically it's about um these like it's a it's like an alternate universe where um, witches are like soldiers. And they're like, literally like the army and stuff, and they're fighting other soldiers who are like terrorists, and it's fucking ridiculous, Mm. absolutely ridiculous. And it's literally, it's literally the sort of show that I, that I watch, and even I was watching the video, this is so fucking dumb.
0: Did you ever finish Warrior Nun?
1: Yeah, that show was sick, man, they cancelled it as well. Why am
0: I not surprised that they cancelled Warrior Nun? I thought that show was
1: so good. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I had so much fun watching that show oh my
0: god <laughs> well, if any studios are ever considering <laughs> Obi to be head of production <laughs> don't do it because you'll fold. Be <laughs> like it. it'll be like
1: oh man crack addicted
0: so- priests and ninja there was
1: one as well yeah on Netflix called um Teenage Bounty Hunters or something like that. That's sick as well. They cancelled that too. It's bullshit, mate. I'm mm, you. a,
0: you're the common conspiracy. denominator here, Obi.
1: it's A conspiracy. I'm telling you, mate. This, this is good TV. I'm telling nah, you.
0: Netflix literally see that your account is watching one of their shows and that to <laughs> have to cancel this. <laughs> oh man. Oh god. But they know. I bet every time you try and watch Stranger Things, they're like, nope. But you're not watching this because they have to cancel it.
1: <laughs>
0: um. No, but there is that show coming out, Why the Last Man? Oh yeah. I don't
1: know, I'll, I might give that a go. I'll give that a go. I think it's based on a, gra- a really popular graphic novel. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'll give that a try too.
0: But, keep on on the Disney Plus TV theme, uh, what if? Um, so we have two episodes to discuss, Um, which- Oh yeah, we haven't spoken about the other one, have we? No, so episode Four was about Doctor Strange what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands so this is basically his girlfriend Christine who was played by uh, Rachel McAdams uh, she dies in a car crash and then he essentially tries to you know use the mystic arts to bring her back to life but uh, every time he tries to change something there's always a, a way that she ends up dying um, and it's sort of, what do they call it? It's like an absolute point. in the Yeah, crash. absolute point in time. So that is a fixed thing. She has to die. Whether she dies in that car crash or if somehow you manufacture it that she gets out of the car, a fridge will fall on her or, you know, something like that. You know, she will die and that has to happen for the timeline because that is in this universe what sets him off to kamatage to learn. The mystic Arts. So, without that, he doesn't, without one, he doesn't do the other. Um, so yeah, so, I mean, you really like this episode, Obi so why don't you continue with, with where it goes from that point?
1: Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's, it goes on like, I think it's maybe two years later, um, Dr. Strange is still mourning, uh, Christine, and Wong basically comes up to him and is mm. like, oh, like, are we gonna, are we? Are you going to get over this kind of thing? And then he, what does he do? He, um, he kind of like basically is like holding the time stone and is like contemplating like, mm, should I? Should I? Wait, have you said this bit already, or am I? Am I repeating what you
0: just said? No, no, no. All I said was basically I got to the absolute point in time bit. Okay,
1: cool. Um, yeah. So yeah. So he's obviously been running the back, running the back, um, trying to. Do different things, um, even like little things, big things, to try and stop her from dying. But obviously, she keeps dying. So then he gets to like I think he must have done it probably dozens of times. The ancient one shows up, obviously says what you said. She, this is the absolute point in time, and she and he's just like so overcome with grief, probably because he's been reliving her death, yeah, billions of times probably at this point, like well, I maybe mean not billions, but obviously so much. So, and then he's like so desperate to bring her back, um, on the ancient ones, like, obviously, yeah, you can't stop this. This has, this has to happen, which I quite enjoy that, that aspect of it, obviously, like, cause it's kind of like a paradox, I suppose. Um, cause he can't really, he can't get to the point he is now without this happening kind of thing. Um, and then he's kind of like, she's kind of like, oh, I have to stop you. I can't let you do what you, what I think you're going to do. And he's like, Because he wants to find uh, a sorcerer who's, he like read about a sorcerer that's capable of getting past the absolute point in time. So then he goes to try and find her. She says no, she like, um, the ancient one, she like, I think she blasts him with some sort of sorcery energy or something like that. Um, And then he wakes up and he's, I don't know where he is and I don't know when he is either actually. I'm assuming he's like quite far back in time. I actually don't know. You have an no idea what, what what year he's at when he when he comes up to the like that temple place. I I just sort of thought that was present
0: day, but it was just okay. A, kind of. I don't know, okay, yeah, because yeah. it was a different dimension, like dark dimension, wasn't it, or something? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Let's just let's just let's go with that. Um, so yeah, he finds this temple. Um, he meets this guy who's like, "I need help." Um, find it becoming a powerful enough sorcerer to go past the absolute point in time he says you have to basically excuse me sorry you have to basically absorb enough power so that you can do it so then he basically spends probably a fucking well at least because the guy is the guy who tries to help him is old by the time he's finished so probably at least 40 back in probably like 40 50 years um trying to um like basically absor- absorbing the Different energies, different powers of like loads of like demons and creatures and 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 whatnot. Um, and he starts off like you can tell he starts off like doing it like reluctantly. And he didn't really like he, he actually asked, um, and I think the creature in it, the first creature, like the tentacle thing is the same creature from a uh, Captain Marvel episode, right? Not Captain that's, Marvel, Captain Carter. That's what I thought, yeah. Not that they've made any link there, but it's just, just <laughs> yeah. well, you know, but they just look the same. So I'm assuming. It's the same character. But yeah, he asked like, that that monster thing and the monster was like, nah, allow it. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and started like, attacking him and that. So then he was like, okay, I can't ask this power. Now I've got to take it. So he's just taking it and feeding on all these different um, these different uh, creatures and stuff. And like when he's feeding on them, he kind of like turns into them for a minute and then folds back into his, like, his old self, which I thought was pretty cool animation-wise. Um, and then, yeah, you can tell he's getting more and more and more and more power-hungry. Um and obviously to the point now where he goes to his mate who let him in the temple and his mate's like 100 years old or whatever or he's just old and he's like oh no like I can help you out like we I can stop this and he's kind of like and he's like nah like let me die like death is death is just like just is just a thing death has to happen kind of thing and he's like "No, I won't accept that kind of thing so obviously he's doing all this for for Christine um, and then we get to so then Um we find out that uh what's this what, what's it called so then we it goes back to New York in the the Sanctorum place. Um, at, at that same point we were probably like ten or ten minutes early in the episode with Doctor Strange contemplating whether or not he should go back in time and save and try and save Christine. But this time he decides, oh no, I can't do it. That's like, it's enough mourning for for today kind of thing. Goes outside and the whole of New York is fucked up. Everyone's disappearing and shit. Like the world's a bit the world's fucked up. The Ancient One comes out and she's like. Yeah, it's all fucked, mate. Like it's, <laughs> it's like who fucked it? Yeah, it was you, kind of thing. So she reveals that at that point, uh, when uh, they were the ancient one and uh, Doctor Strange came into conflict, she actually split, um, split him, split him in two somehow. So one of them um, carried on in that in that regular journey in the sanctorum place with Wong and everything like that, and the, she sent the other one to the dark dimension to do his dark what whatnot. And she says to her, the the good Doctor Strange you've got to fight the evil version of yourself because like you're the only one who can stop him basically because otherwise the the u.s is going to be fucked up and then the evil dr strange comes out and he basically tries to appeal to the good dr strange in terms of like like we can get christine back kind of thing like i know you love her because i love her um and we can do this i just need your help kind of thing and the good dr strange is like like nah like we can't do this kind of thing. Like he's on the side of obviously the ancient one and everybody else. Like, cause you've, he's seen what it, what it's doing to everybody else in the world. Like everything's fucking disappearing and stuff. Then he's like, okay, if I can't, uh, if I can't take it, if I can't have it, then I'll take it kind of thing. So then they fight, they're blasting off sorcery energy and stuff. The capes are fighting each other, which was hilarious. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, yeah, they're in terms of animation. I thought this bit was sick as well. Like just like color wise and stuff like They're, yeah, they're, they're beefing off. Um, <laughs> He ends up pushing, pulling him into like some other dimension, pretending to be Christine, like trying to appeal, trying to, to appeal to him, and he's like, he was gonna do, Dr. Strange was gonna do it, then he was like, then he remembered like all the people that disappearing and shit, like Wong and that, and he's like, okay, no, I can't, I can't do it, cause it's not Christine, it's not you, like, it's, this isn't gonna happen, it's not gonna work. And then, evil Dr. Strange is like, alright, fuck it, and I'm just gonna fucking beat you up, and fucks him up. <laughs> fucks him up and then takes him over his body. Then, does the absolute point in time shit, like reverses it and whatnot? Christine's alive, but at this point, he's absorbed so many things, so many creatures, or whatever. He's like turned into a monster. So Christine is alive. She wakes up and she's like, looks at straight, shows like, oh, what the fuck? Who the fuck? <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Kind of thing. And he's like, Christine is me, but he looks like a fucking monster, in it. And then she's like, no, 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 what's going on? Steven? is that? Because obviously you can hear his voice, but what she's looking at is, a, is like a, some crazy monster. Um, so she's like, oh, what's going on? What's going on? At the same time, the uh, the universe is, like, fucking imploding. Then the Watcher comes out, and he's like... The Watcher, meanwhile, was like, I could help him out, but...
2: <laughs> it's not really,
1: yeah, it's not really worth it, because doing yeah. that will fuck up all the other universes. And then Doctor Strange is like, huh? Who, who said that kind of thing? So then, obviously, now, go back to present time in the episode, the Watch comes out, and <laughs> Doctor Strange like, help me. And he's like, nah, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you you made this bed like lying that kind of thing. Like, yeah. like even if I could help you even if I could help you, I'm still not I still wouldn't help you. I was like, bruh, I get it though. But then so, yeah, <laughs> then he's with so then the universe is like fucked and like everything's gone, yeah. And it's just him and Christine And he's like Oh Christine I'm so sorry I'm so sorry Like crying I'm so sorry I'm so sorry And she's like Stephen What did you do? And then she dies and fades And then Steve And then Doctor like No 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 And then everything just fades to black And then oh. like And then the watcher was like "Like, he's, I can't remember what he said But it was like Like one decision One moment And then the thing Then the, then it ends I was like rough That was sick <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah So yeah I think I've got everything <laughs> Yeah I mean that was the thing Like It was quite good to see the episode end on quite a down note. You know, this is the consequence of that thing. Um, So, um, you know, actions have consequences. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, we're presuming that this absolute point in time is, is kind of canonical, right? So do you wonder if certain things that happened within the MCU are absolute points in time? You know, Natasha's death or... Um, Tony's death you know anything like that you know it'd be interesting to see if, if that comes back and, and finds its way into the kind of film version of the MCU
1: i got to think it'll play a part in Doctor Strange somehow Doctor Strange 2 I reckon yeah and um, was, sorry go
0: on. it was interesting to see like you know when Christine comes back to life and she yeah, like you said she sees him as a monster and um, doesn't want to be a, doesn't want to know him and, and so he's done all of that for her and she doesn't even want to know him, and mm. then, then the fucking universe collapses. <laughs> Wait, was so,
1: that episode was so fucking peak. I was like, oh my god! I, like, yeah. I did. I just didn't expect it to end like that because obviously, like it's Marvel, isn't it? So you just expect it to be fixed and tied up in a little bow, and then you know, we want the next episode. But it was dark, man.
0: This is probably the one one episode so far that had the most kind of conclusive ending. Yeah. Because the rest of them yeah. seems to end on like mini cliffhangers or not cliffhangers but they'd be like hmm maybe something could happen like you want to yeah. see what happens uh, afterwards. Whereas this is like that universe is done.
1: Is done. But, I, 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 and I love that aspect of it. Cause, yeah. Like, it's the one thing I just didn't I just did not see that coming and I was like wow like the way they ended I was like I got a bit emotional I don't even give a shit about Doctor Strange. Who the fuck is Christine? <laughs> I don't care about Christine anymore. I was just like right this is, this is fucking peak. Like I actually might watch that episode again. It's probably the only episode that I might watch again. So I, did, I really enjoyed it. And I think even, like, like I say, like the animation was good. I thought the voice acting, it's probably. Got, I think it's got the best voice acting collectively of all the episodes so far that we've watched. Um, and also, I think, like, the music cues as well, I think, like, really good. Really, like that like, the somber mood. Like, especially at the end, I was like, oh, I might shit a tear. What is it with Doctor Strange ignoring Wong? Oh my God, Wong's the Wong's the worst reason. <laughs> Everyone I mean, ignores the guy. He knows he knows his stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean Chris will be jumping on for Shang Chi in about ten minutes, but um, you know, well I'll talk about Wong a bit more then. But uh, you know, need to listen to Wong. He knows what he's, he knows what he's
1: on about. Um, Just to quickly cap off as well, I think this I think this is definitely, my, this is by far my favorite episode of What If um, so far, and this is like. I think this one had the most complete story like you said again in terms of like there's nothing that comes off this like this this story is done kind of thing whereas the other ones, i'm a bit like like obviously with like episode one we were our kind of thing was like oh, i didn't really deviate enough from the original story episode two was different but and episode three was different obviously but then it was like what kind of happens after this Like i kind of want to see what happens after this and that kind of like was the one those were the ones where i'm like oh this wasn't even long enough like they need, i need more to like you know flesh out this story but this one i feel like they did well with like 30 something minutes that they had and it, it rounded off quite nicely kind of thing where i wasn't i was completely satisfied with what the story that was told
0: yeah eventually. and and this was this was one that was pretty much just focused on one character mm. like the other kind of side characters there's only a couple of other periphery characters one of whom being the watcher and it was nice to, for him to have something else to do other than just introduce the episode. Yeah. Um, even if it was for him to be like, nah, you, you're on your own here, mate. <laughs> I fucking pee on the beer, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, God. Oh, God. Yeah, well, funny. for true to form, my favourite episode of What If so far uh, is the zombies one. Um, mm. So this is basically... Janet Van Dyne comes back from the quantum realm, but she was infected with a virus. And uh, very quickly, most of Earth uh, uh, become zombies, including mm. the original Avengers. Um, so there are a few people left, uh, including Hulk, uh, Wasp, so Hope Van Dyne, Peter Parker, not voiced by Tom Holland, Bucky Barnes, Okoye, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, and Kurt, who is from, uh, Ant-Man series. Uh, they learn that there's a potential cure at a kind of military base. Um, they kind of make their way there with a few people dying along the way, uh, and find that vision is there. Um, and his mind stone can reverse the virus due to some sort of like brain activity thing. Um, and he, he's been working on so he cured Scott Lang, although only his head, uh, but he's basically using um, T'Challa uh, as like living food for Wanda, who has become uh, Scarlet Witch, but zombie. Mm. Uh, Wanda escapes, uh, kills a couple more people, um, Vision then realises that he may have made a mistake um, and basically kills himself so that Peter Parker can have the Mind Stone. Uh, Hulk fights Scarlet Witch, which I'm sure has a lot of fanboys being like, oh, yes, because I'm sure that that's one of the kind of who's better, who would win in a fight. So yeah. uh, that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so uh, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, what's Ant-Man said, and uh, T'Challa with one leg go to Wakanda to try and um, use the, you know, utilize the Mind Stone to cure the Earth on the apocalypse. Uh, and then right at the end, we see a zombie Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet minus the Mind Stone, and then mm. it ends. And that was where I was like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> I want to see more. So mm. with this episode, I can't like, imagine this episode was PD-13, because mm. there's people being split in half, yeah. heads, heads being chopped off left, right and centre, vision committing suicide. Like, it was a dark episode. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know, I really enjoyed it, <laughs> just for that, like, element. Um, I, I think it's a shame that, like, Tom Holland doesn't voice Peter Parker. But then I imagine if he's, you know,
1: contracted to Sony or whatever. Um... Do you know what it is as well? Sorry, just quickly just to interrupt you. With the Tom Holland thing, I think, I will say this to Chris as well, his voice actor, uh, Spider-Man, that is, his voice was so far removed from Tom Holland's voice as well that it just kind of made it a bit jarring. Because like when you've got Steve Rogers, his voice actor sound pretty much like Steve, like Chris Evans, I thought anyway. Um, but when you hear the Spider Man character and he's like, just sounds completely different to Tom Holland, I was like, oh, that's not Spider Man. Yeah, like <laughs> no, someone else, it's an imposter. But yeah, I just really liked it. Uh, again, it was, it, it
0: it wasn't complete, and I don't really know why. Well, they could have just ended it with, you know, Shuri figuring out how to, you know, make it all better. Mm-hmm. Um and then it ended, but you know, then you end with Thanos with you know zombie Thanos with Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, oh, there's clearly more to come here. I don't know. I, I don't really understand why they're doing that unless they're going to actually make sequels to it because, um, you are just leaving the audience with questions and being yeah. like, oh, well, what if this episode carried on? How would it happen? So I don't know. It's it's. That's becoming a little bit of a bugbear of mine. But um, from the pure kind of, you know, episode point of view, I did enjoy this one. What were your thoughts on it?
1: Um, I was a bit less hot on it than you are, I think. I don't know if it was the... I might have just been tired when I watched it, but I found myself a little bit bored. Um, It's like with pretty much... I, I would say up until they meet Vision, I would say I was a bit bored. Um, I enjoyed the whole uh, aspect of them turning like basically the opening or one opening scene from Infinity War. They turned like basically turned that on its head um, and turned that on the other scene to, like the zombie thing. I enjoyed the whole reasoning behind like why the zombie apocalypse came. Um, the whole thing about uh, the virus spreading super quick because the Avengers got locked off like straight away um, from the virus. I thought that was pretty cool as well. Um, but yeah, I didn't love the, the, the group of people that we had. I just, it didn't really, I don't know. It didn't really entertain me all that much. I didn't find it very funny. Um, they were basically I'd just
0: a, a bunch of like comic relief, weren't they?
1: Yeah, it was, it was weird. Everyone was kind of like not really taking this very seriously. <laughs> Considering yeah. that they're like the only people left on the planet who are, who, are, who are like alive. Um, and yeah, it was a bit odd, yeah, because Happy was there making jokes and doing pew pew with his gun and that, and I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was I don't know, it just felt a bit, a bit off to me, I think. I think it needed a, a different, a better mix of characters, I think. Um, that group that they had didn't, it didn't really work for me, to be honest. Uh, I enjoyed a lot the twist of vision, uh, and vision feeding the People, but then he just does a complete 180 in a mm. space of about two minutes, he's like, oh, you're not gonna like what you find. I've been hiding, wonder for da 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 da, and feeding her blah 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 blah.
0: Yeah. Oh no,
1: what I'm doing is wrong. And then, uh, but then I now I can't leave her. And then he kills himself. I was like, what? Yeah. I was like what? I was like, this, doesn't even, this doesn't even make sense. Why would you kill? He me? went from why zero to a hundred, quick. so quick. I was like, why would you kill yourself? I was, and it was this thing of like. You could even, like, there was, I feel like there's so many ways that you, maybe you could have gone out of that. Or, I, I don't know, not to the point where you, like, you just, one literally one minute ago, you were protecting Wanda. And then 30 seconds later, you realised you are wrong. 30 seconds, 30, seconds, 30 seconds after that, now you said, okay, I need to kill myself. Don't you not think you'd be a better help to humanity alive doing your job rather than just giving a stone to Peter Parker, who can't yeah. use the fucking stone? Or maybe you can, actually. But you probably do a better job of doing that, like the two of you, the two of you together, rather than him on your own. And now you're a fucking pile of metal on the floor. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was that annoyed me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and yeah, like you said, the whole thing with Thanos, I was like, oh, I mean, that's cool, but am I ever gonna see the continuation of this story again? Probably not. And that's and that's frustrating. Um, m- more more frustrating than I think any of the episodes we've watched so far. Because this is this is the has, is the most interesting aspect of that story about like what would a zombie Thanos, like what's a zombie Thanos going to be like? like and then obviously if there's a zombie Thanos like we're going to get a new team of Avengers kind of thing and yeah but then we didn't get that also the idea of I just remember this as well the idea of Hope turning into a giant after she'd been uh, what's it called after she'd been zombified mm-hmm. and then obviously helping them cross the thing at that point kill yourself. Because
0: yeah, Or why or micro- would you want
1: shrink? Yeah, or shrink back down? Because why would you want a giant zombie to fight? I was thinking like, okay, I, literally, I, she was getting them across the uh, the board or whatever. I was thinking, okay, so she's going to shrink down, right? Or they're going to kill her, right? Or she's going to be smart enough to kill herself. But they're just fucking jo- fuck off and then leave her there with jolly up with all the flipping zombies and that. And then yeah, she comes. Obviously, she comes back. Lucky for them, she didn't kill them. But I just thought that was such a a stupid. Um, Contingency that you didn't take, kind of thing. Like she could have just mashed up all of you, and yeah, just from a logical point of view, that that, that got on my nerves. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think overall this one's fine. Um, it kind of like brought me back down a bit because I was on quite a high from the Doctor Strange episode. But after this one, I was a bit like, okay, yeah, cool, it's fine. It's not bad. I don't think any of the episodes. I don't think any of the, any of the episodes are bad. But um, like I said earlier, like the only one so far that I feel like I I would even think about rewatching. Is the
0: Doctor Strange one? It got pretty dark. You know, the last two have been yeah quite, thematically quite dark. Um, yeah, I
1: like I like that. Uh, I do like that um, direction direction. Yeah, that they're going in now, like with this whole with the darker stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely interesting. Definitely.
0: I have no idea what what the next one's going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean they're all right, aren't they? Uh, I feel like they're, they're becoming a lot more varied now rather than oh hey remember this film well <laughs> then now this he yeah. has long hair <laughs> Tony <laughs> Stark with long hair woo <laughs> like nah <laughs> that ain't that ain't big enough change mate <laughs>
1: um, so yeah I wonder, wonder what was that that was episode 5 right
0: yes Yeah. I think there's I 9
1: think there's 9 yeah we've still got so from the trailer we've still got to see uh, Guardians as Avengers We've still got to see Iron Man, uh, Killmonger saving Iron Man. Uh, and we've still got to see. I feel like there was another, there was one with Gamora where she's got Thanos' like sword thingy, so I think she's the bad guy. I don't know what episodes they're going to be in, but off the top of my head, I was thinking there's still things that, you know, we've got to look forward to. But I think overall, this series is, it is fine. Um, I think me and you, and even Chris actually, like, we're not big animated series guys um even though I wish I was but I'm just not really I just can't really get into it the way I get into live action things. Um compared to a lot of people like I after I watch an episode I do you know like try and gauge other people's responses. Like I watch YouTube videos and reviews and stuff to see what other people are saying a bit and I and generally I think people are really enjoying this show. Um whereas I am overall I'd say I'm middle of the road. Like if they said we're not gonna do another season then what if? I'd be like cool. Like it wouldn't really bother me all too all that much, to be honest. Yeah,
0: and and I think like the fact that they're basically playing within the the wheelhouse that we already know. Mm. I get why they're doing that because it's basically you know what if things from the Infinity Saga were slightly different, Mm. but part of me just Thinks like I'd like them to just introduce different characters that we've not seen before, um, yeah. and I get why they're not because if we've not seen them in the MCU yet, then we're not going to see them kind of in this show. But yeah. I don't know. I'm um, just yeah, I- I'm not Shall we? Shall we say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, we'll, we'll see that they're, they're certainly getting a bit more varied, and, and that's that's interesting. Um, Like you said, we've not really seen many of the... uh, I don't think we've seen Gamora at all. Um, No. And there's a few other characters that we've not seen much of. I mean, Captain Marvel was right at the end of episode three, I think. But other than that, not too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, Chris should be here soon. uh, But we can't really hold off talking about Shang-Chi any longer. Um, (laughs) So, is this the 25th?
1: MCU film I think
0: so yeah I want to say 25th
1: it's Um, even 25 or or 26
0: so this is yeah we're being introduced to our newest hero um, and it's also chronologically the first origin story we've had since probably
1: Ant-Man? Ant-Man, yeah. It,
0: no, uh, Captain... Oh, no. Captain Marvel? Does that count? Well, ca- I mean, that's why I said chronologically, because oh, Captain okay. Marvel was, like, 90s. And, oh, and, got you,
1: got you, got you. know me. what I
0: mean? I'm being a bit pedantic there.
1: Yeah. But, it
0: um, is the, it's the 25th, by the way, 25th film. Okay, 25th. So, um, yeah, so we're introduced to Shang-Chi. Um, so he starts off, I think, called Sean, so he's in san francisco with uh his good friend katie um and uh they work in valet. um i've also just realized i've missed out the entire prelude uh so, <laughs> uh, so basically yeah over thousands of years uh zhu wenwu um he discovers the 10 rings way back when and he becomes immortal uh, and he uses them to like conquer areas, topple governments, become super powerful, create his organization, the Ten Rings. Um, he then by, like, looks for this mysterious village called Ta Lo, which is, uh, has mythical beasts, wants to expand his power even more. Uh, but he falls in love with one of the visit- uh, villagers, um, Ying Li. Uh, so then she leaves with him, and they have two children. One of them is Shang Qi. Uh, when Wu abandons the Ten Rings to sort of raise his family, um, you know, turn his back on that power uh, for love. Um, then his wife dies. She's eventually murdered by enemies of Wen Wu, uh, and then he then takes the rings up again to, to kind of get revenge. And uh, in this time, Shang-Chi is, is sent on a mission to America to basically assassinate someone. Um, but then he kind of. Goes missing because he wants to kind of turn his back on that life as well and and just be normal and that's when we see him in San Francisco with the name Sean uh, with Katie Um, then essentially they're they're on a bus, just casual and then uh, a guy with a a razor sword, it was called Razor Fist starts starts attacking him, fucks up the bus um, and then Shang-Chi basically like Beats, all, beats a load of guys up with his Decent martial arts and Katie's like What the hell, who the hell are you uh, And then Shang-Chi's like Yeah I think that's my dad He's a pretty bad guy um, He also has like a Coded message from his sister um, Xia Ling uh, They go to Macau um, Where she's She's got like a Like a, a fighting uh, Enterprise And um, where Abomination and Wong are fighting for money, um, which we can expand upon later. Um, so essentially, it's one of these sort of, you know, children against their parents type mm. dramas. Uh, yeah. Shang-Chi doesn't want to be like his dad, wants to try and have a better life, uh, you know, be a better person. Um, when Wu wants to, he, he believes that his wife is still alive and is being kept. Um, behind this door in Tarlo, um, so he wants to. He finds a way of, of getting there at a certain time. Um, you know when you know the start the line or whatever. The um, so Shang Chi and Katie find a way to get there first. Uh, then there's a big fight between um, Shang Chi and the members of Tarlo and and Wenwu and his uh, Ten Rings organization, which gets very mythical and. Um, you know, kind of supernatural towards the end. Um, but yes, let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, Obi, what did you think of this film?
1: Um, so I, um, I enjoyed it. I think it's a. I think it's a pretty good film in terms of origin stories for the MCU. I think it's definitely up there uh, with the better ones. Um, I think that. Uh, the fight choreography or and the the fight scenes in this film is probably and he talked to watch Winter Soldier again, but it's probably the best we've seen um, in the MCU so far, I would say. Like and I think it helps when um, I think uh, sorry, what's the main what the main the main actor? What's his do anyone know his real name? Simulu. Uh, yeah, so him uh, uh, the what's it called? The dad, I think the mum, I think, and also the sister, I think they did majority of their own stunts. Um, They all know know martial arts, which I think, when filming it, I think definitely makes for a better watching experience, because they don't have to cut it in a certain way to make sure you can't see the person's face, Yeah, Um, and it'll only be the stunt person, so I really, really enjoyed the fight scenes. I think they got got better and better and better um, up until the dragon fight, which wasn't as... uh, Entertaining because obviously that wasn't hand to hand combat. That was more just like we have to shoot down these dragons and all stuff like that. Um, I really enjoyed like the chemistry between um, what's it, uh, Shang Chi and uh, Katie. Is it Katie? Yeah, yeah. And Katie, I think That's they had a really good, friendship. Yeah, they had a really. Exactly, <laughs> and it wasn't. It didn't have to be. uh their secretly love each other kind of thing. It was just these two are like best friends kind of thing, and like. Um. Like they love each other, but obviously in a brother sister way kind of thing. I think that was really cool as well. Um, I like the I like the idea of um, the sister being in it because that in the trailer, pfft, I had no not, yeah. no idea that you had a sister. Do you know what I mean, so that was uh, a big, that was a big old surprise, and I really enjoyed that as well. I like that she, I like the whole backstory of her like thinking that her brother abandoned abandoned her kind of thing. So then she decided to go and do her own stuff kind of thing, and she ends up being a. Um, like a, a like a boss in her own right kind of thing. And someone said to me, this is just a little side point that they wish that that town, so it was Macau that they, that she was in. Um someone said yeah. they wish it was um, Madripoor Some sort oh, from, yeah, uh, same. from uh, uh what's it called? Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um which would have been a nice little tie in, I think that would have been pre jokes, but um obviously it wasn't, so it's neither here nor there. Um I think that in terms of storyline it's it it was fine. Like I enjoyed like the whole um historical aspects of it like the ten ring society or whatever have been around and been obviously we've learned a bit of that in iron man but they've been around and they've been influencing shit for time um i thought that was cool and obviously the ten rings um go back however far i like the history behind that it wasn't like just something that was invented like recently It was like a thing that's been about thousands of years kind of thing and then the dad just the dad stumbled upon it kind of thing and then in search for power um I really enjoyed that as well. I I tell you what I really liked as well. I really love the fact that a lot of the film was uh, they were speaking Chinese. Yeah. Um I really enjoyed that because obviously a lot of the times when you have films like this with Asian characters and they're talking mm. at what's five, six years old or whatever, and they're in their native land and they're speaking English, and I'm like, that's just, just unrealistic. Um so yeah, I really enjoyed that that aspect of it as well. Um Can I just jump in very quickly there? Yeah. Um
0: so I think that was one thing I noted. Um, and I see Chris has joined the call as well. Welcome, Chris. We'll get your fresh off the cinema hot take uh, very soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I noted in my little Instagram review that it was a lot more... I mean, to me, it seemed a lot more kind of honoured to the traditions of, of, like, the Chinese culture mm-hmm. than the trailer made out. And I think mm-hmm. that's to its credit. Um, and it was also really interesting that Aquafina's character, Katie... She says at one point, she's like, my Chinese isn't very good, you yeah. know, because she's like second generation. And so she's just yeah. grown up American. Yeah. Um, so I find that really interesting. There's like a a kind of even within the Asian characters, quite a, a lot of kind of difference there in terms of like how tied to their culture they are. Um, yeah. So I find that really interesting.
1: Um, I was, to your point as well, I was um, just what I found quite funny is the guy who she says that to, who says, Uh, who Katie says um, I can't speak that good Chinese he says oh don't worry I speak ABCs uh, which made me laugh um, but because I was thinking oh he means alphabet but actually apparently that stands for American born Chinese Um, oh I didn't get that no which I thought that was quite was quite funny as well Um, so yeah I I think overall it's a very very solid film I would like to watch it again just to see if my opinion is the same Um, I think that this film tries quite hard to be funny and I actually don't think it's that funny um, up until um, Trevor Slattery Trevor Slattery Trevor mm. Slattery or Ben Kingsley Ben Kingsley's character until he comes in I thought okay yeah he's even he I think overdid it a little bit not all his jokes landed for me but a, a solid amount of them did um, but before that I didn't think it was super super funny and I think they tried to make it quite funny um, so that was uh, one of the knocks against it um, and also I think so. I'll just say two more things and then uh, let Chris take over. Um, I think that the relationship between the the dad um, and the the two siblings is very interesting, but I feel like they didn't they didn't hammer it home enough uh, why Shang Chi and the daughter never talked to the dad because I I don't it seemed to me like he obviously he was a bad guy, but then. Um you see him, um, you know, the mum comes into his life, he gives up the ten rings, blah 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 blah, he wants to go old of her, da da then obviously she dies. Um but then I needed to see more of him just being like an abusive like emotionally abusive father or your physically abusive father, and I didn't really get that. I just kinda of got a thing where like, okay, the mum's gone now, now I'm back on smoke, Shang Chi, you gotta be a uh, an assassin and then he's like, I don't wanna be an assassin and he leaves. And then that's it. They come back, and then they don't even seem to have that bad of a relationship when when they come back into life either. Considering he hasn't seen them for uh, probably, I think over a decade probably, and um, they seem to gone to. From
0: the trailer, there's a scene, there's a clip from the trailer where Shang Chi says to his father, "Like you're a murderer or something," and he says, "Watch you speak to me, boy." Yeah, yeah, that that's, not, that's not in is... the film. No, so I wonder if there's maybe a bit more of that relationship kind of. Yeah,
1: it's possible. It's possible, and I think yeah, that would have definitely helped to hammer home like the feeling of, like, conflict um, in that, in that, like, this character or characters who probably still have some love for their father but want also to honour the the memory of their mother by not letting them destroy where their mum's from kind of thing. And I think that would have helped to hammer home that that aspect of the story. Mm. Um, least so, yeah. the fret and cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that would have been good, I think, from that aspect of the relationship uh, with the dad. And also, I feel like uh, someone I, w- I was watching a review video and someone said they shouldn't have killed off the dad as well. They should have like the dad should have like kind of like seen the error of his ways and fought alongside of his children instead of just like dying. Which I was a bit like, okay, yeah, I can see that, but I'm not. It's neither here nor there really. Um, and then yeah, last last couple, last thing sorry is that some of the CGI was very ropey. Um, oh yeah, um, which is a shame because I think a lot of the film looked really good. But yeah, there were a couple moments I'm like, oh yeah, this does not look good and this looks just. Just looks like a I don't screen. get how, if you're a
0: Marvel movie and you've managed to pull off Infinity War and Endgame,
1: mm. to best, not... some, of, some of the VGI, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, look, <laughs> some of the. What um, part of in Infinity War? Uh, the, I thought pretty much a lot of the third act. I would say like when not the dragons bit the dragons look cool and they'll, they'll all that little monsters thing but there's bits where like Shang Chi is kind of like um, the background behind Shang Chi I would just like this looks really fake um, mm. like their, their surroundings um, like
0: he was stood in front of a painting
1: yeah 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 exactly yeah. that's the kind of that's the vibe that I got as well um, yeah. and also is this vibe just. that you're focusing more on him than his surroundings. But I wouldn't be, I, because, it, because it looks fake I, I, I'm, not look, I'm not focused on him
2: I, I feel like you two probably look for it and I, mm-hmm. I didn't notice it at all
1: okay well you are literally fresh
0: out of the cinema Chris so give us your hot takes on on Wait, have, you,
2: have you finished those
1: yeah the one thing I was gonna say was just that um it felt it didn't feel like a, like a marvel film it just felt like a like a but in a good way it felt like this could stand alone as just like a, a a calm like a good film um in terms of like a uh like it could just been like a regular Disney film yeah, and, I
2: um, kind of think. Yeah it's kinda like it could be standalone in it. Um Yeah. I mean yeah uh Sarah might disagree with me on this but I i thought it was a decent film. I don't think it's as rave like people are raving at saying it's like a ten out of ten. I I think that's a bit of a stretch. Um I think the the actors are very good in it. I actually preferred the earlier jokes in the film rather than the Mandarin later jokes in the film. Uh, I actually also thought, and again, probably maybe I focused on it a bit too much at some point. I actually feel like it was more of a story arc about the father than it was about the son. Uh, in the fact that the father went from evil, good, evil, and then ended up being looking after his son again when he realised his mistake. Uh, I fine. don't think your comment about, uh, well, whoever's comment about the father should have been Fighting next to him at the end, I don't think that, I don't think that was warranted, especially as they didn't really develop, like you said, the, uh, father son, um, bond very much throughout the film. Uh, and I guess the reason why the son ran away is because he watched his father murder fair people, but, um, yeah, honestly, I don't have too much to say about it and I've just watched it. Um, I don't know if that itself speaks volumes. Uh, I thought the water dragon was a bit weird. It was pretty nifty, but it was a bit weird. Uh, And the the big bad at the end was cool, but nothing major. Uh, I feel like they rushed it at the end as well. I feel the third arc was rushed a little bit. He suddenly went from not having the ability to do something to then suddenly having the ability to do something uh, purely through through memory of what his mother had taught him. Um, I agree. I, although criticism there, I did I did enjoy the film. I just feel like points could have been expanded on, and other points could have been squished a little bit. Um, what else? Uh, well, what else?
0: I mean, maybe maybe yeah. some of the most interesting parts of this film are, you know, after the film has ended.
2: I don't I don't think so. I um, don't think. So. I think the first one was. Pretty pointless, if you ask me.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll talk, talk us well, through the two post-credit scenes.
2: Okay, so the, the first post-credit scene it started off funny. No, actually, that was the very end, wasn't it? So the first post-credit scene was where Wong, uh, Hulk slash well, Mark Ruffalo's character uh, Bruce Banner, and Captain Marvel, uh, uh, well, two holograms, Captain Marvel, Bruce Banner, and then Wong, and then the two main characters in this film are all uh, standing around this holographic image of the 10 rings or a bigger version of the 10 rings and they're discussing the powers behind it, the age of it and what it means. And has anyone seen it before? Basically, there's is the five things they talked about. Uh, uh, Bruce Banner's character seems to know everything about anything. So he was like, Oh, that, that mysterious, that mysterious thing around it means it's blah, 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 which was, I don't know where he pulled that from. And Captain Marvel was like, Oh, I haven't he's seen it. He's that a genius before. to be fair. He's a genius, but, uh, uh, I thought he was a, of our world genius, not of a, yeah. every entity in the world, um, and then Captain Marvel uh, gave zero input, so they probably paid her about, <laughs> they probably paid her about £250,000 to do absolutely this <laughs> button. He literally said, I don't know what that is, I haven't seen it before, I'll see you later, you've got my number, and then they <laughs> a on the
0: end. Text me, text <laughs> me, like, yeah. I don't have your number, uh, but... <laughs>
2: Right, rah, that, that was so pointless. I mean, the little bit, the little, the little interaction between Wong and them, him giving them a little pep talk, that was cool. Again, it was it worth the wait? No. I
0: mean, that that came about five seconds after the film. Yeah, I'm not wait that long for that. Yeah.
2: But. Uh, the other one, again, was it worth the wait? Mm, not so sure. The other one, uh, the other one though, is obviously you see the daughter, she's. She's at the compound where her father had all the assassins. She gets called into a meeting or called call to a room, and then there's a load of warriors like fight, fight. Well, doing actions of practicing the female,
1: female warriors as well.
2: But there were male ones behind, weren't there?
1: Yeah, but I was saying that because yeah. oh, she, yeah. she couldn't fight because she was a girl. So oh that's, yeah, was, yeah, that's the whole thing.
2: Yeah, and then and then you saw the outside it was all graffitied like a previous fighting dome. So it leads me to believe that she's just going to continue her empire of fighting and then there might, we might see in the future a few more of the fights, like obviously Wong versus Abomination, that kind of vibe. But then we were saying, is she going to be evil or is she going to be part evil, part good? She's going to fly on the line of what's good and what's bad. I don't know.
0: I got the impression she was going to be evil and take up the mantle of the ten rings. Yeah, As I in, think... like, the organisation rather than the actual physical rings. Yeah, Did I think you... the
1: um... same. Hello? Oh, I
2: thought I was saying something,
1: sir. No, oh. you talked to me, so I'll let, let you speak. speak. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you both gone then. Uh, Chris, carry on. No, you I just...
2: see it. No, no go on, carry oh.
1: on. Oops. No, I was just going to say, I think that the... the... I like both post-credit scenes, um, and I think that the... I like the first one in the in the sense that um, it obviously they use it to connect it to the rest of the MCU, um, and I like the fact that the Ten Rings, like they say, like there's. I feel like we're going to find out more about it in in the future films, and I'm looking forward to finding out what that like what that's going to be. Um, and also the second post post-critic scene. I think yeah, I think the the uh, Jai Ling? I think I think it's it. but she's. I think she will be evil, but it's going to be a thing where like, like she's evil, but. In the second Shang Chi film, she'll help out her brother, kind of thing. Let help him do whatever objective he needs to do, but she will be evil. But yeah, that's what I was going to say.
0: I think the first press credit scene um, is interesting from a point of like straight away orienting Shang Chi as an avenger, Mm. or at least adjacent. Um, And I guess it's interesting from the point of view of like the characters they used, as in like who could be. Like senior figures within the next Avengers branch, mm-hmm. obviously we've got no Cap or Iron Man. Um, everyone's assuming Doctor Strange will be one of the leaders, but we don't know. You know, if he fucks up completely in Spider-Man Three, then maybe not. Um, you know, so Captain Marvel being a prominent person there, despite her lack of input. Um, I also think that you can't read too much into that because uh, Brie Larson has worked with. Destin Daniel Cretton, who's the director on all of his films, so um, oh. it was kind of you know if you know his work, you you'd be like, ah, she's definitely going to turn up at some point. Um, are they
1: are they friends or what? Uh,
0: I think well, I think they she's they might be because she's been in all of his films, um, hmm. including Short Term 12, which I think was his directorial debut. Um, that's a nice indie film. Um, so yeah, I mean they were. I feel like they were both important future narrative, whereas normally at least one of them is just a bit of a joke. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of of like the Wong and Abomination fight? Um, it seems like Wong is able to control Abomination um, and takes him back to some sort of prison. Um, are we assuming Abomination is going to be in She-Hulk? Uh,
1: go on, Chris.
2: Oh, uh, I didn't think he took him back to a prison. Personally, I just thought he was. I thought he just knew him.
0: Ah, oh, right. Well, like a who's a friend from work type thing.
2: Maybe because he just took him back in that circle, and they were just kind of pally after the fight, would not they? But maybe, maybe, maybe he's maybe he's in a uh, a sorcery prison. I don't know because that abomination didn't look like the abomination from Hulk 1, by the way. No, I thought um, that as well. it yeah, looked like, he had like, like gills skills. or something. It, yeah. He looked more like a Atlantean, (laughs) uh, abomination. Um, I, I think, I think there's a possibility of loads of characters coming up in She-Hulk, so, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that, I think there's a good chance he probably would appear in She-Hulk, because isn't she meant to
1: be rostered with a load of different superheroes and villains and all sorts? Isn't, um, Tim Roth confirmed to be in She-Hulk? Oh, is he? I think so. I could be wrong, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was just going to say, I think that that really disappointed me that Wong abomination thing. I just thought it was really pointless. Um, yeah. I obviously if they fight for maybe ten seconds, then they make a joke, and then they, yeah, they go back and they go back through the sorcery circle thing, and you don't see anything else of that. And like that was quite a thing that got people quite like excited for the in the trailer, like oh, what's that going to link into? And in the end, you don't even know because they don't. Really mention it? I'd think it was really stupid. I think it could have cut that out, and the film would be exactly the same.
0: I mean, that bit felt like a post-credits scene. Yeah, but happening like in the first act, it was or second act it was weird. Um, what is it with like Marvel when these kind of fighting arenas? Because it very much reminded me of Spider-Man One. You know when he puts on that really shit costume and fights mm. that guy in, in the kind of bare knuckle arena. I don't know. there's just like, and obviously in Ragnarok. On a slightly different level, there's fighting. I don't know. Um, it's interesting, there's a couple of Easter eggs in that bit as well, in, in that
1: fighting dome. Um, just quickly again, sorry, before you say that, um, yeah, Tim Roth is, according to Wikipedia, Tim Roth's gonna be in She so. okay. Looks like um, he's gonna have the little link.
0: So, yeah, there's a, in, you know, there's like people fighting in sort of like glass, uh, cages. Um, one of the people has what looks like the extremists. Uh, virus from Iron Man 3 because he glows orange when yeah, he's being killed. Yeah. Pardon?
2: Yeah, it did, yeah.
0: And it then did. also, apparently the, the woman he was fighting was apparently one of the uh, Black Widows from the Black Widow film. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, That's
0: cool. I read up on that. So um, it's not that I wasn't <laughs> noticed it. Um, so I can't claim credit for that. But uh, yeah, so just interesting little tidbits. Um, it was a shame because I'd read... Um, some article a few months ago that said, oh, Ben Kingsley is going to be in Shang-Chi. And I was like, oh, well, that's, you know, sort of ruined something that they hadn't featured in the marketing, mm. um, which I don't really know how to feel about Trevor Slattery. I think it's nice that they tied it in to be like, hey, you know, he pretended to be the Mandarin and now this is, they don't ever refer to when Wu was the Mandarin, but they're like, hey, you know, this is the real guy. Um, I like he was just in it a bit too long. I felt I felt he could have been a bit more like cammy.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And like he's, he's wandering
0: his around with.
2: is pointless. And his, what? his whole appearance was pointless and unnecessary.
0: Yeah, he got very jarring very quickly. I like. I to terrible scouse accent. Yeah, uh,
2: he, that, that was a bit you found funny, wasn't it?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's over. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm quite surprised because oh. did you find him funny in the other film? No, I hate him. in The other film, but I hate it more because of. The tw- I thought that's a stupid, just a shit twist. That's yeah, why I it. that's why I heard him. Him, him as, his, him as his character, I thought was in Iron Man Three. I think it's fine, and I, uh, yeah, I like him in this, c- and because I didn't expect it, I, I didn't read anything about him being in it, so uh, it came was quite a surprise to me. And obviously, the whole ex- it ties it in as well quite nicely, I think, with that whole bullshit from <laughs> Iron Man Three. So yeah, I quite yeah. liked it <laughs> Yeah, uh, and
0: I guess it explains where the Ten Rings were during Iron Man Three because. Presumably that would have been whilst Shang-Chi's mum was still alive, and so therefore when we wasn't in charge of the Ten Rings timeline. <coughs> but yeah, that makes sense. I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought that was a de- decent origin story. Um, the Ten Rings seem kind of powerful. Uh, interesting to see what else they can do. Um, they've altered the design of them slightly from the comics, I believe. I think they were literal, like, rings you wear on your finger, but they have quite similar look to the Infinity Stones. So I think oh, it's wow. a good good thing that they changed them.
2: Didn't um, didn't they... um? Isn't it in the comics that, like, Tony Stark helped build them or something as well?
0: I don't know if I'm honest. Oh. Um, but I just read a, a, a quick thing, and it was like, oh, they've changed the design because they looked pretty similar to the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Um. But I liked the thing that he wears them as bracelets, and then he can use them as sort of like you know extend them out like a truncheon kind of thing. And I thought that choreography was pretty cool. I just, yeah. why why do all superhero films have to end with a CGI mashup?
2: <laughs> just like, that is, it's yeah, a big, bad. a big bad. How do you get a big bad
0: that's not CGI'd? I just make them human enough to be a
1: soul sucking yeah. demon
2: how, how many human on human Marvel fights have you seen that you thought wow that was amazing besides oh, Captain America versus Winter Soldier
1: pretty much everything in this film
0: <laughs> yeah that's the thing like if it was an actual if they just continued to fight between Wenwu and Shang-Chi that probably would have been more.
2: Mm, I, I guess I, I really I really like the first fight on the bus I thought that was really really good uh, what was the there was, wasn't was there another one after that the scaffolding
0: yeah the scaffolding one that was cool
2: yeah, that was cool. And then the ones after that, they were alright. They were just kind of like presenting us with what he could potentially do, wasn't it? And then and then that was it really. And then he fought his dad and that was pretty
0: brief. It kind of pissed me off that um, Katie became a Master Archer <laughs> in about <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was silly. But, you know. I, 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 I know that the humour maybe wasn't your kind of thing initially, Opie. but I the first so my, the first part of the film when when we we see him through the ages, uh, and then when he goes to hello, that was to me, I didn't like that. It was too oh really fairy tale Disney.
1: Okay,
0: and I was like, nah, yeah, mm. that, that you're you're losing me. And the CGI when the car falls off the cliff and he's looking down the cliff, that was terrible. That CGI, yeah. um, mm. but to me it felt too much like one of those fairy tale style Disneys, you know, like Beauty and the Beast and Mm. you know Cinderella Mulan that type of thing I was like nah you need to aesthetically make it different but then when you got to like um, so Simu Lu and Aquafina, I think had really good chemistry the fact that they stayed platonic was good but like even in the beginning when they're doing their like valet job and then they go karaoke and they get home too late and they go to her grandma's house like to me that was that was was quite a good energy there and they had you know they just seemed like regular people yeah which not a lot of the characters we see you can relate to in that in that level i saw things that i'll be like oh we've definitely done that before you know staying out too late and just chilling and whatever whereas you know tony stark's a billionaire and captain america was a soldier and then became a super soldier so that you know none of them are particularly relatable i'm Mm -hmm. not saying (laughs) i can see myself in shang chi but at least at the beginning I did, and even at the end when they get Wong drunk and they start singing, um, is it Hotel California? Yeah. Like, I really like that kind of... Yeah,
2: that was good. That was good fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. I mean, um, I don't know if it's just the usual kind of playing dumb, but Simu Liu said that he doesn't know which whether he'll appear in any future MCU films. Um, but, I mean, of any of the ones that are already released... Um, Announced? Do you foresee him being in any of those?
1: Um, of the ones that have been announced, um, I don't know. You know, I reckon probably not. I think, or maybe he'll be in like a post-credit scene. I was gonna say potentially Eternals because if his if, if
2: his artifacts are that old, mm. and we we suddenly learn about the Eternals, maybe they know something about it. But not in these, mm. not in the upcoming films. I think you got to wait a little bit. What? Because this wasn't this film. This was never meant to be on the roster. And he he actually went to them and said. He pitched
1: this to them, didn't he? I think I remember seeing a thing saying he tweeted saying he wants to be in a Marvel film, but I don't know about him pitching it. I'm not sure about that one, but I know oh, okay. he, I he might have, to be fair. I don't actually know, but I know he tweeted saying I want to be in a Marvel film or something along those lines.
0: Uh, talking of Eternals, I've got two questions. First of all, how good did the Eternals and Far From Home trailer, uh, No Way Home trailer look on the big screen? That's, that's just simple. Yes, it did look amazing. Um. <laughs> second question. Isn't I'm so surprised
2: you're so gassed about these that that film. So surprised.
0: Well am I? <laughs> uh, isn't Thanos an eternal, or am I just making out Someone was saying he's, uh, he's
1: deviant. a deviant,
2: Titan,
1: or oh, Titan. Yeah, uh, and they like, okay. and they're like some form of eternal, or some form of deviant, or something like that. There was someone uh, having an argument on it on YouTube the other day, and I was finding it quite funny.
0: Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, if he is either an eternal or a deviant, does that not mean that the whole we can't get involved until this happens?
1: Great right. question.
2: Oh, do you know what? You do you know what he is? He's an eternal deviant. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I've just so Googled is I've Googled Is Fanos an eternal and it come up with an eternal deviant warlord from the moon titan. Fanos is regarded as one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel universe. So funny.
0: So therefore if he is a part deviant, then sure the Eternals should have showed up when he started fucking shit. Mm, could be a loop. That could be a loophole yeah, but, already. I'll it might with. be a loophole. Maybe,
2: maybe they can't battle other Eternals.
0: Well, and if he's an Eternal, then well, maybe he couldn't stop himself. But then he should have because he's half deviant. Oof. I don't know. Mind blown. Um, Obi, you had something about Shang-Chi not being played in China?
1: Yeah, so um, according to an article in Deadline, um, it says... Shangqi is unlikely to release in China, um, and that's because an interview resurfaced where Simu Liu said his parents uh, left China because it's a third world country where people were dying of starvation. And between you guys and me, I know not not a lot of people listen to this podcast. yet, the people of China can be very sensitive about what other people say about China. So <laughs> it happens. It happens a lot. Like I think LeBron James um, said something. Slightly mad, I think, or not not even that bad, but about China, and they basically said you will not playing any NBA games in China until LeBron James apologised and takes back what he said. Like they take this shit seriously, and yeah. like obviously this film Asian led, like um, you would think that if it's, if it was going to do well, that the Asian market would be a massive part of that. That be in China, um, so yeah, I think it's a bit mad. that like, if uh, if they actually do, not, if they actually don't release it. I think that's very very peak. Something to say that. I do know if Boris Johnson was like,
0: you know what, Man United no longer allowed to play because Marcus Rashford was Caught me.
1: <laughs> it's mad, I mean, honestly. Like, it's, it, it, well, you know, it's obviously it's a bit of a bit of a mad one to say about another country because like, I don't I don't know what goes on in China, but from the outside looking in, it seems a bit crazy. <laughs>
0: We're we'll not going to be able to release this episode in China now, Obi. Thank you. <laughs> no, no. Nice I, 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 my,
2: my respect to Chi- Chinese for them not wanting to see it. My respect. <laughs> um, uh, do we know how much this made it so made there, there like, were fair people in the cinema today really that's there good. was good there was probably about I don't know probably about 10-15 seats not free. that's whole a whole 60-17 seat thing
1: and this is what 10 days after release or 9 days after yeah, release that's like,
2: they, they gave us the option of so, because we went together, and that she was like, "Yeah, there's only five seats where you can sit to like in a row where mm. you can sit two together." Otherwise, she was like, "Otherwise, we split you up." <laughs> we we're like, "We're not going to split up, are we?" <laughs>
0: it's like, "What?" Mm. But, uh, oh, wow. but no,
1: I think it made um, so it's opening weekend or whatever. It made I think 75 million, which is like the second most so far this year behind Black Widow. Yeah,
2: it's done. Has, it, has any other Marvel film come out this year?
1: Just those two. Oh. <laughs> no, but I mean, like in
0: terms of other didn't, films. No,
1: oh yeah, oh, oh Rooks. yeah. Rooks. Oh, yeah oh sorry, sorry,
2: sorry. I was going <laughs> like, to <laughs> say that's not a very good stat right out there.
0: <laughs> Wikipedia is showing that it's currently made 175 million, but obviously we don't have the figures for this weekend yet. Um, so but it seems like they were very happy with what it's done, yeah. so much so that the 90 minute Venom two is been pushed back forward, uh, sorry, hang on, brought forward, um, and Disney have confirmed, excuse me, that the six remaining Disney films this year will be released exclusively in cinemas for 45 days or something, so it's given them confidence. Um, They
2: have to set a date uh, how long they're going to leave it in cinemas now after the Scarlet Johansson Hanson thing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) apparently that's um, pissed off the Russos as well, so apparently they were in talks to do another Marvel film, but uh, then they got worried that you know they might only earn 50 million rather than 49. So uh, <laughs> you know when you've got directors on the breadline, um, you know every penny counts. So uh...
2: if they do another movie, they're probably it's probably going to be like later in the line now, and it'll probably by the time where cinemas are fully packed again, and the amount of money they're making from the cinemas is going to be as good as it was before probably.
0: Well, I'm glad that the cinema was very busy where you were, because every film I've seen since cinemas have reopened, uh, so on four occasions, I think, I've been the only person in the screening. Uh, On one occasion, me and Lauren were the only people in the screening. Uh, And most of the time, there's not been any more than six, I think. Mm. And I'm watching things like Shang-Chi on the first day it comes out, you know, after school, after work. So maybe it's just where I'm going to see it because I was literally I was sitting in these watching these films thinking cinema's fucked but maybe it's just Basin Stoke. <laughs>
1: Basin Stoke is
0: not long for this earth. Is <laughs> your mind? cinema close to Uh, It is a bit out it's in like a leisure park area so it's, it's sort of like well, 10 minutes then. away from what, the What was it like before the pandemic? Um I mean, you would get like fairly packed screenings for mm. the bigger films. Feel um, like uh, so even Tenet, I think, was relatively popular, mm. but that was about the only thing that's showing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that other cinemas are being busy anyway because yeah. you know, I want them to survive. But yeah, so what's what's coming out in the coming weeks that people are gonna watch? I just have no idea.
1: I don't know. The Many
0: Saints of Newark? Anyone going
1: to watch that? Do you know what? I would, but I've never seen... I actually do want to know about it, but obviously I've never watched The Sopranos. Oh, that's... So. Yeah. Yeah, it's so it'd probably cool, be quite though. lost. Yeah, but it'd probably be quite lost on me, I feel like, because there's probably going to be like certain things that the character does that shape the character that we know kind of thing, and I will not really get it. Mm. But I do want to watch it. I never
0: finished The Sopranos. What, because it was... What, was it boring or, or what? It's a bit overhyped, in my honest opinion.
1: A lot of people say that's the goat, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, loads of people love it, don't
0: they? It's, it's a bit ponderous. It sometimes you know there's so each episode's like an hour long and some of the episodes are not a I the episode. You love that otherwise? Yeah,
2: then you use the word ponderous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the did, did
2: we watch it from the what if episode as well, yeah?
0: what you didn't like oh. the zombie one
2: I think they're all I think they've all been fucking well short of what they should be the
0: you didn't like one. the hmm uh, I really like the Doctor Strange one we've both said it was the, probably the most contained conclusive story we've had so far because it actually ended and didn't then be oh like, we've talked
2: ah. about the Doctor Strange one before then
0: no we haven't no we haven't well me and Obi talked about it earlier
2: Got strange one, just annoyed me because it didn't really make sense how it started in the first place. But why? Because obviously it's an alternate timeline. I get it, but like she never—I guess she died, didn't she? So that's what triggered it all. But yeah, that's the I, difference. Yeah. So what is this meant to be after he becomes? And she probably is the better one. It's probably a good one. I think. I think it got a bit too. Uh, I think convoluted is the right word, maybe. It got too, a bit too much towards the end of it, but I do think it's probably the most uh, start-to-finish one out of all of them, the Doctor Strange one.
0: Hmm. Well, what was one did, the Zombies one?
2: Zombies one? Well, let's let's, let's start with... Uh, why was the Wasp... Why did she stay giant when she <laughs> when she um, turned into a zombie? Because that's really stupid. Uh, why did Vision suddenly... Why did Vision rip out his stone out of his head? And then why did Vision... Uh, uh, what did he do? He, I can't remember now. Vision, was just bare dumb as per usual in every film. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I feel like it, it's the same thing for most of them. Like, if they were a bit longer, explained a little bit more, we saw a bit of depth in other places, and it like had a, had a beginning and an end. They would like hit so different. I feel like the end of that. I was expecting something else to happen and it just ended and then you saw Thanos oh great good laugh Thanos has got the thing and he's a zombie as well cool whatever but like I don't know like and then I might have believed that they took the stone off of Vision and then they couldn't figure out a way to reverse it like Vision thought they could
0: what um, yeah not... we don't really see what happens I thought they would get to Wakanda and then everyone would still be a zombie that would have been but a that, cool ending
2: but, but then we see after that don't we that Thanos has got uh, five of the how many infinity stones are there yeah six think? but he's got five of the six because he doesn't have the one on the, on the centre piece of his hand
0: yeah which is a mind um, stone
2: yeah I don't know I, I feel like it started off quite well it was quite jokey you could probably tell when who, who was going to die and when and whatever uh but yeah. It just
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Well
2: I thought I expected more from it. I was that that was one I, I, I I'm I'm I agree with you, I'm quite surprised it was a what was it, P G, wasn't it? Or twelve, was it?
0: Well you presume they would have stuck within the twelve, but yeah, I mean like I was saying it was pretty, pretty brutal, brutal, people being ripped in half and shit.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I I I feel like I like the stories they're going with, but they just haven't really hit the nail on the head with them. And that's, yeah. that's just that's just a brief explanation of what how
0: I'm feeling about him, really. Fair enough. Well, on that bombshell, we will well, uh, wrap, up, wrap up recording there. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are YAC Podcast 17 on Twitter and your average critics on Instagram. Um, we're trying to do short reviews of, on Instagram of films we've seen, including uh, older ones that we may be watching in our kind of time Um, people seem to love old school um, which (laughs) is surprising but hey ho and and, and Uh, cop shop and cop shop yeah particularly in Brazil so (laughs) (laughs) obrigada Um, but yeah so check us out follow us uh, check out our previous episodes and uh, give us a little five star review on Spotify or iTunes
2: keep it safe peace